He's blunt, but he's fair. This is Drew Berquist, former counterterrorism officer, realist, and host of This Is My Show, which starts now. All right, well, that was something. <laughs> I don't know what that was. Uh, I'm going to let Disco sort it on the other end. But welcome, folks, to the show, Drew Berquist. This is my show. We were going to show a clip there. Disco, let's get that clip together, but maybe get the audio turned down a little bit. Uh, because Biden, who we all know, loves to sniff, grope, sm you know, smell, touch, all of these things, was at it over the weekend. And this one was peculiar because he's added, I mean, in, in fairness... He's made it interesting for us because he's added something new to his routine, what he likes to do to other people's children. This was the scene right here. <laughs> so literally, I mean, quite literally nibbling on a small child. So that happened. Yeah, it's a really weird thing. And, you know, and I, I kind of understand where he's coming from with, like, the kid sniffing thing. Because, like, when my kids were little babies and stuff, like, after you, they come out of the shower, you give them a bath and everything, there's a, there's a certain sort of smell. But you know what? They're my kids. They're I love them. I love anything about them. Right. Other people's kids, I'm not smelling their kids. No, no. <laughs> exactly. There's a huge distinction. It's 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 your kids, and you can see it there too with that kid who was like, "Bro, what are you doing?" You see the pull away, and then eventually yeah. just the look away. Just strange, Joe. Don't do that to other people. Don't do that to anyone. That's and 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 don't do the things that you do to your children either. At least based on your daughter's diary. Uh, but we've we could talk about that all the time, uh, all, all show long, which is. By the way, a longer show today. We start our three-hour journey today. Some of you are here already at this new time. Three to six Eastern. We'll see how it goes. Hopefully the voice holds up. And we got a lot to cover in these three hours. We're going to break down the summit where Tucker Carlson essentially destroyed every GOP candidate's <laughs> campaign, except you could argue DeSantis. DeSantis held his own, did a pretty good job. Haley had some moments that weren't as bad as others. But he destroyed every, I mean, some, and, and really, they destroyed themselves. He just offered up the questions, and they shot themselves in the foot big time. We'll show you all that. We'll break down each one. Trump wasn't there, but Tim Scott, Asa, no, nobody cares about me, Hutchinson, Mike Pence, Nikki Haley, they all were there. They all had rough days. Again, we'll show you that. Then speaking of Hutchinson, different one, a good one. We have Paul Hutchinson, who's one of the folks, the Sound of Freedom, was based on coming on the show today in the second hour, going to talk about the film, going to talk about the dark, morally devoid world that the film encounters and goes after to bring light on, to, to shed everything that's, that's happening in that dark world. We're going to talk to him, that film obviously doing outstanding things at the box office, but more importantly than what it's doing at the box office, it's, it's starting conversations. It's bringing awareness to a massive problem. So we'll talk to him a little bit into the second hour of the show today. We're going to talk about Tucker yet again because he's starting a media company, allegedly. You've got more on Ukraine that we're going to get into. 
Ukraine saying, hey, we're not going to talk about peace until Russian troops leave our soil. Good luck. And then speaking of Ukraine, Joe Rogan has slammed our U.S. Ukraine policy, fiscally speaking, what we're doing, what we're not doing here at home. We agree with him. We'll talk about it. Tons more to get to. But folks, before we get into all of that, we are already in to Biden's new dangerous plan for a digital dollar. It has been implemented. It's being rolled out as we speak. Don't be fooled. It will not benefit you. Act now before it's too late. The Federal Reserve's phased deployment of FedNow started on July 1st. So get aware, get ready, prepare yourself for this, and make sure that you opt out of this digital dollar in time. You can do so with our friends at American Alternative Assets using their entirely legal tax loophole. All you have to do is make a call, call 833-287-2465 or 833-2-USA-GOLD. Gold, you can get your free wealth protection guide and figure out how to save your hard-earned savings, protect your hard-earned savings. This invaluable guide will outline the precise steps you need to take to immediately transfer your IRA or 401k into precious metals, all without any tax consequence. Again, don't let Biden and the Democrats force you into using the government's new digital dollar. Call 833, the number two, USA Gold. Again, 833-287-2465. So we're going to get into the summit, but we've got to talk about Kamala because she made some appearances over the weekend. So we, of course, have some stuff to talk about. And she she really drove hard into the paint. And like a leathery barfly stuck on a boozy loop of gibberish, she, she, she made the assertion that Mother Nature is a bigot. I'll let, I'll let her explain. Take a listen. The climate crisis impacts everybody, but it does not impact all communities equally. Poor communities, rural communities, native communities, and communities of color are often the hardest hit and the least able to recover. So, okay. I think what the nickelback of politics is trying to say is that energy consumption during the summer and winter have a bigger impact on lower income families. Higher electricity rates obviously affect everyone, but if your electric bill is, say, 10% of your take-home pay, that's pretty significant for certain communities. Her delivery, horrible. Horrible. Understand, though, that with that, the Biden regime, the people who control it, their, their goal is to cripple the people she's talking about, to cripple the middle and lower income earners while blaming a nebulous enemy like climate change and somehow, as she did here, making the link to racism. Once you accept the victim oppressor ideology, you're absolved of any personal responsibility. And that's what's, that's what's happening here. That's what they're leaning hard into. Right, and they have to loop back to making everything about race because if you have an enemy that's climate change, you can't really put your finger on it. You can only say, we got to sort more garbage, we got to stop eating meat, that sort of thing. But when you're the Democrat Party and you've ascribed to the, the victim-oppressor philosophy as you're sh shuffling in or marching in Marxism, you have to maintain an, a, an enemy that's tangible. And the, the best enemy that they have is race right now. So right. everything has to go back to race because that's a tangible enemy, whereas the climate is just something they talk about and most uh, lower-income people don't give a shit about because they have much bigger problems. No. But 
if you can insert race into it, then that helps your cause. Absolutely. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's, it's how, what's the catch? What's the hook for these people that we need? There are people. Uh, that, that, that's a great point. Well, she wasn't done. The brilliant stateswoman continued with her, her talking points over the weekend. And she said, she said this. She took another bite from the grievance apple. And this time she had a solution. But, but catch every, every single word she says in this sentence. When we invest in clean energy and electric vehicles and reduce population, more of our children can breathe clean air and drink clean water. So she's saying the quiet part out loud. Kesha, I love how nonchalant she was. And when, when we reduce the population, <laughs> yeah. you got, I mean, the globalist movement is by its own admission, Malthusian. I mean, it just is. World elites have always talked about population control through different means war, disease, famine, and abortion, you name it. And, and when, you, when you look at this and you break down what she's saying, which she's not the only one saying it, her buddy Klaus Schwab and everyone over there are saying, there's so many people across the planet saying this right now, pushing for this, and people are like, oh, who, no one would ever talk about depot. That sounds awful. There's, they are. They're saying it. It's not just us making it up. And, and there's a reason, right? Why would they want to... E control the population why would they want to reduce the population because you guys their resources are there's a finite amount of resources and they are afraid the so-called elite are afraid that the poor people the lowest among us their words not mine will consume valuable resources that should be in their minds preserved for the wealthy i.e them that's that's what's happening that's why they want it. It's not for climate change. It's not for any of this other stuff. It's, I don't want you to have it. I want it all to be mine. That's, that sounds simple. That's exactly what it is. Yeah, it's exactly what it is, and it's always been that way. Margaret Sanger, one of the reasons why she was so involved in abortion and in founding Planned Parenthood was to, to rid the United States and the world of undesirables. And all done under passion, uh, uh, compassion, I mean, yeah. from, from her part. The left has always, always and forever have tried to control the population because they need a small population that's dependent on them, and they'll give that small population crumbs. As soon as that small population can do for themselves and gets bigger, and it's already bigger than the globalists, just— you know, percentage of people wise. Right. They're afraid of that because they're, they're like the, like uh, Scrooge, like an old miser sitting in a castle, making sure that they have all their stuff and they're not going to share any of their stuff with anybody because those lousy, no good people who've never done a good thing in their life to hell with them. They may as well die. That's the prevailing attitude that they have. And it's not just, and I think it's an important point to make. It's not just middle to lower income people they despise they also despise millionaires because yes. their millionaires aren't even in that in that same orbit as billionaires and especially the billionaires who are at the very tippy top of of the money food chain here it, the money food chain in the world yeah no i agree yeah I, we, we do we ref, we reference the lower and and middle income families a lot which there are a ton of but if it's really what it comes down to is they get a we don't discuss the millionaires 
people who are in the upper upper tiers of society according to worldly standards but but really what it boils down to is this has always been us versus them if you're not in their so-called club if you're not considered an elite member of their crew then it doesn't matter if you've made a million dollars if you've made a thousand dollars or if you've made tens of millions of dollars you're just not on the right team and things according to them and according to what they do are not going to end well for you all right, so I can't help but notice that we've got someone in the background of your shot. <laughs> <laughs> Whoops. That's Arthur. Arthur, the toxic intern. More on Arthur to come. <laughs> uh, I just looked up there a moment ago and saw that, though. Uh, so we've got a lot to cover still today, folks. The, the question of the day, something uh, that we're going to get into uh, in these following subsequent segments here is is this right here so we'll bring you into the conversation obviously we'll have it throughout the chat and everything as well but the question of the day is this who lost the most in iowa last week i'm talking about the gop primary candidates who were there doing the event with blaze media and at the summit who lost the most in iowa last week send in your responses we will tell you our answers too that's all coming up as well as us breaking down what happened there in Iowa. It was not good. I mean, not good for a lot of those people. We'll talk about it on the other side of the break. Stick around. We interrupt today's programming to bring unfortunate news. Biden's dangerous plan for a digital dollar is underway. Don't be fooled. It won't benefit you. So take action now. The Federal Reserve's phased deployment of FedNow began on July 1st, 2023. Be prepared. This may catch many off guard and put your hard-earned assets in jeopardy. But here's the good news. There's a simple legal tax loophole to opt out of the digital dollar. Speak to someone at American Alternative Assets for a free wealth protection guide and discover how to safeguard your wealth with gold and silver IRAs against a failing dollar and volatile markets. Dial 833, the number 2 USA Gold. Yes, call now, 833-287-2465. This invaluable guide provides precise steps to transfer your IRA or 401k into precious metals without any tax consequences. Don't let Biden force you into using the government's new digital dollar. Call 833, the number 2 USA Gold. Yes, call now, 833 833- 287-2465. Act swiftly. 
some tech glitches today. Obviously, disco not in studio, and with that, sometimes comes some some little issues. But we're gonna we're gonna get through them. We're gonna do it as a team. We're gonna have some fun, and we're gonna do it right now with the question of the day, which reminder was, who lost the most in Iowa this past week? All of them, well, most of them. Trump was not there, but most of the the bigger name candidates were in attendance there. Chris Christie wasn't, I don't think, just because the stage couldn't hold him. But you had him and Trump out, the rest of the main ones there. The question again, who lost the most in Iowa last week? Let us know what your responses are. We'll, We'll tell you ours as well. Real quick, guys, though, as you're sending them in, please hit that like button. Smash it, whichever platform you're on. It's the plus sign on Rumble. You know how to do it on YouTube and Facebook. Same on on Twitter. Make sure you do that. Continue to engage in the chat and make sure you are subscribed and or following that page on whichever platform you are on. Um, So a lot of people got wrecked. We're going to break it down here as as we go. But Tom, let's 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 start you and I. Who, Who do you think lost the most? The person who lost the most is definitely Mike Pence. Uh, followed by Asa Hutchinson, which he was pretty much a non-factor anyway. Anyways, but Tucker served him up quite nicely. And then Tim Scott didn't do too well. Nikki was kind of, eh. Yeah. If you like her, you like her. If you're non-plussed by her like I am, it's just kind of like, eh, whatever. She didn't, she didn't have any horrible fall-on-your-face fails like Pence did. But the person I thought that did the best, well, two people did the best. Ron DeSantis did did very well. If you liked him, this was even more proof that you needed to, to get on the uh, DeSantis train of momentum. But the one who I really liked was Vivek Ramaswamy. To, yeah. be, to me, his stock rose be, when it came to the question of January 6th. And if you haven't seen his response to the, what, led, what happened at January 6th, he talks about what led up to it, and he was spot on. And and just listening to what he was saying, he's he's 100% correct in saying January 6th was a culmination of everyone's frustration that they were feeling during the COVID lockdowns, during the George Floyd riots when they had to sit at home and not go to work and other people were rioting and setting things on fire, and then having an election where the whole system was changed. And for a lot of people, it looked like it was changed to help one candidate in particular, right. which would be the basement dummy. Right. And that whole day was just the frustration overflowing. So I think out of the whole thing, I think Vivek was the big winner for me. Vivek was the winner and Pence was the loser. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, most people coming through with the same response. Pen- I haven't seen anything other than Pence. I don't have every chat up in front of me, but I, don't, uh, I think so far all I've seen in the different areas is Pence. Um, I, I agree. I think Pence... I, I will say this. We're going to talk Tim Scott in a second. Tim Scott lost more than I thought he would. He he had potentially more to gain, and and got hit hard. Pence was Pence was not going to to win this nomination ever, but he cemented it. Boy, did he cement it big time with his performance or or lack thereof in Iowa this weekend. We'll show you what we mean uh, getting into that. But let's let's talk about this because you had it was last Friday the inaugural running of the rhinos in Iowa. And it was a bloodbath for some of these dudes and and one chick. Tim Scott, for example, was asked about the Ukrainian war and his response was this. He, he, He said the U.S. needs to continue funding the Ukraine war in order to defend the world order. And throughout his conversation, so that, you know, that's concerning right there. 
But throughout the conversation, all of all of the responses with him and a lot of people, for that matter, their responses on the war in Ukraine were very telling. The pro-war candidates were stunned by the audience's anti-war reaction to the neocons' hawkish stances on Ukraine. And it, it further proved, it really beat home the point that there is a giant, a ginormous disconnect between D.C. and the rest of the country when it comes to the Ukrainian war. And the GOP better realize, and I, I, I fear that they won't, because there's, there's far less who are, who, at least in those public roles in D.C., who are getting this, but it is a losing policy. Do not get behind that. That is not what the people in America, and it's not just people on our side either. That's not what the people in America want. But they also got into some other policy, including Ukraine, but also tying in Mexico. Here's a convo between Tucker and Scott on our policies on each. Take a listen. Well, so, so here's, I'm just interested because all measures are relative. So Russia's bad, Russia's a threat, Putin's evil, got it. But the total body count from Russia in the United States is right around zero. Like, I don't know anyone who's been killed by Russia. I know people personally who've been killed by Mexico. The government of Mexico allows fentanyl to be made in its country and to come over our border. Yes. And remittances from Mexico are a huge part of their economy. The Mexican government is party to the murder of hundreds of thousands of Americans. So why is Mexico less of a threat than Russia? Well, two things. I think we can walk and chew gum at the same time. Okay, but yeah, and for, frankly, mean, here's, here's no Americans killed by Russia, yeah. hundreds of thousands killed by Mexico, but Mexico's our ally and Russia's our enemy. How does that work? Well, I'm not going to pretend like I the legislation I have sponsored that I would sign as President of the United States freezes the assets of the Mexican cartels, targets the Mexican cartels, and hopefully eliminates the flow of fentanyl. Because I do agree with you that 70,000 Americans losing their lives on an annual basis is an existential threat to America that we can solve. We don't have to choose the good news. Is would you be willing that. to say to the Mexican government, your economy runs on factories right over the border, car plants, for example, but many other manufacturing uh, plants, and we're just going to slap tariffs on that and tank your economy, like tomorrow, unless you stop allowing poison to come into our country. Like, why not do that? I say you use every tool available to stop fentanyl from coming across our border. No, no exceptions. Interesting. <laughs> Interesting. Um, so... Well, look, when a politician says that we can walk and chew gum at the same time, it means that they have prioritized what's important and what is secondary by lumping them into two, two separate topics. Excuse me. But the collective rhino establishment, permanent Washington, whatever you want to call it, position on Ukraine is just like the communist position. More war. Take that war. Justify it all as this, this struggle of good versus evil, which they have done. They've been beating that drum for quite some time. But like, as I said before, we showed that clip. It is a losing policy. No one's buying into it. You, you, long ago, you could have gotten away with this. And long ago, you did. Permanent Washington. You, you got us emotionally tangled up in some of these conflicts. Some of us actually involved in these conflicts. But, but people have gotten smarter. Not enough. Not enough. But people have gotten smarter. And, and while I like Tim, I don't think he's the worst candidate on the stage or in this GOP primary. He's, at the end of the day, just another cog in the military-industrial complex. He doesn't actually care, at least not as much as he should, about the health and well-being of Americans. 
No, and most people in Tim Scott's position feel the same way. If you go down the list of Lindsey Graham, uh, Mitch McConnell, Romney, they're all going to be the same. Oh, yeah, we care about fentanyl deaths. Not as much as you care about the war in Ukraine. Let's just be honest. That's right. that's their position. Because that's the position of every politician who has been in D.C. longer than their first term. They're only there to play the game with everybody else, make as much money, stay in power as long as they can, and support the military-industrial complex. Yeah. Tim Scott just totally lost it for me. He's He's fine as a senator, but... Going back to what you were saying when he was talking about the world order, how many times have we heard Biden and people from the Biden regime talk about the world order and norms? Yeah. And this war is an up. To, to me, those, those are, well, I hate using it dog whistles, but those are the globalist terms that we're used to hearing from the left. And to, and to hear a Republican say the, the same phraseology, is frightening because to me that lets me know that Tim Scott at the end of the day isn't on my team. Yeah. He's on the deep state team. That's why I thought he was such a loser in uh in this outcome. Yeah. Well, and and he's got a lot of interesting things to offer if you're looking objectively at an election, right? Not practically, not functionally because reminder most Americans don't look at things that way. But he's he's got the identity politics part that he'll lock down some vote. He's interesting in that sense, which, again, sounds shallow. But you got to think of the I'm not saying uh, that's my view. I'm saying that is how America responds. Like, oh, I'm voting for him because of this. Like, oh, but do you know about his policies? No, that but that's how dumb the American electorate is. Uh, but I mean, he says we can walk and chew gum at the same time. We know because he's an establishment type as you've described. We know that he is going to continue to pour money into the military industrial complex, be a tool for them, so there's always forever wars going on all over the planet. I get it, I agree. But he's, and he'll never admit to that. But he also says he, we can walk and chew gum at the same time, do both things. Do you think Tim Scott's policies would change anything at the border? No, not at all. He, there, there might be, uh, there won't, I would say there probably won't be as uh, the catch and release program that we have now. They'll definitely tamp down a little bit, but it will never be enough yeah. to, the, to the demographic shift that we're going through right now as a country. That ship has sailed. The Republicans, there, there are Republicans who are on the same side, the same immigration side as Democrats are, where they want total open borders. And yeah. that's what they have right now. And once, once that horse has left the barn, good luck putting it back in. It's like everything else that has gone on in our country that we've known is a bad deal, like Obamacare, and just run down the list, the, the Build Back Better, the Green New Deal. It, it, the government always tells us what they're going to do. And then the Republicans act like they're going to fight it and they're going to, you know, we're going to put up a strong defense against it and we're going to scuttle this. They're not. Right. They're, they're just going to—we saw that with the, the repeal of Obamacare. Right. We talked about it all the time with uh, McCain getting out of his deathbed to come <laughs> and make sure he blocked it. <laughs> yeah, no, absolutely. Well, the other thing—the interesting thing that I think most people don't look at, too, with as, as it pertains to Mexico, is obviously there's the border piece. There's the border piece, and the open border plays into a lot of political strategies for people on both sides of the aisle. So that's not going to change for that reason. 
But the other thing about not squashing what's happening in, in Mexico, south of the border, is people think of conventional wars. They think of, and not conventional in the truest sense anymore, because it really doesn't exist, but they think of, you know, Iraq, they think of Afghanistan, they think of what's going on now with the war in Ukraine and Russia that we're obviously very heavily involved with. They think of they, something that they can picture as a war with a battlefield. But what's going on south of the border and our involvement there is another opportunity for the military industrial complex to thrive in a different capacity, some of it clandestinely, some of it the other way. But this is this is another thing that they don't actually want to fix. These are because there's so many problems that we have in our country are problems that are very fixable. If the, the, the key point is, though, and it's something that's missing, is the desire to fix them. If you do not want to fix them, whatever reasons might be, what, and, and likely a very nefarious reason, if you don't want to fix them, then you obviously can't. And that's, that's what we're facing, and, and Mexico is another reason. There's a lot of money, and there's a lot of technology and stuff going on south of the border in terms of what we're doing, resources, personnel, all of that put into that. And if, if that just goes away, there's some people who will not be happy. So there's that aspect of it for sure, too, beyond the border, uh, which makes it very interesting. Yeah, there's no money in a cure. No. The, the best thing you could do is prolong somebody's life in utter, utter agony and make them dependent on whatever you're providing them. And at the end of the day, they die. It's the same thing with the border. Yeah. No, 100%. 100%. Okay. We are going to take a break, but we've got more. Because we're going to talk about what all of us, I still don't think anyone voted otherwise. All of us voted that Mike Pence had the worst performance <laughs> last week. We're going to show you some of his clips. We're going to discuss that on the other side of the break. Stick around. Get more of Drew. And this is my show with Coin Club, exclusively on the RVM Network. Coin Club members get a This Is My Show Challenge coin, an exclusive Friday morning show for Coin Club members only, automatic entry into show-related sweepstakes, and other in-studio bonuses. Plus, members get access to all other premium content on the RVM network and no ads on written content on redvoicemedia.com. So join the club and carry your coin with pride. Go to dbcoinclub.com. Military and first responders get 30% off their memberships. Again, that's dbcoinclub.com. Current Drew Crew members need not apply. Military and first responder discounts are available on monthly or annual memberships. All members, regardless of subscription type, are automatically entered into sweepstakes. However, challenge coins are only issued to annual members. Learn more at dbcoinclub.com. your partner of the same sex have you ever been to a men's bathhouse do you have an active grinder account do you prefer unprotected sex with random hookups then boy oh boy do we have the product for you no monk monk is a new experimental product for active lovers who just want to keep going without consequence why change your lifestyle and live in fear when you can try this virus preventing elixir our new rectal application is a literal lifesaver and fun to try so say goodbye to monkey pup
Hawks and put something new in your backside. Get No Monk Monk now. Take your life back and never look back. Unless, of course, you like that point of view. No Monk Monk has not been approved by the FDA or any other corrupt government organization. It may prevent monkeypox, but it also may not. Try it as you will, but we highly encourage other life changes. Side effects may include swollen tongue, oily discharge, night terrors, pink eye, fever, and in rare cases, a prolapsed rectum. Ask your doctor if No Monk Monk is right for you. All right, folks, here we go. Welcome back. We spoke about how Tim Scott had a losing performance last Friday. And speaking of losers, the biggest loser, hands down, in Iowa was Mike Pence. Here was perhaps the soundbite that that ended his career, his certainly his presidential run, perhaps his career. This one right here was the nail in the coffin. I had no right to overturn the election. Nope. The presidency belongs to the American people and the American people. It's it's the uh, Tom. Can you see the screen there? Uh, not my concern. Not my concern. It got moved from the end of uh, A2 to beginning of A3. Is that the one with the two shot? Possibly. Yeah. It, yeah. I think that's. Let's give it a shot. It's the it's the one in the notes. If not, you can look at the link in there. Anyways, it's so him and him and him and Tucker are having a conversation, as was the case with with all of this throughout. And 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 these words that Pence says here, no one took a great look. Tim Scott, his his approach on Ukraine of we got to keep funding, we got to keep doing this, you know, the whole military industrial complex forever war. Let's just keep pushing this. Let's let's get into the nation building. Let's get into all of that kind of stuff. But Despite that, despite some of the the non-answers that Nikki Haley gave that we'll show on the other side of the break, despite Asa Hutchinson just being Asa Hutchinson, you you didn't have anything that compared to Mike Mike Pence's responses. The one that Disco started to show there was one of the bad ones, but but these are there's a list of them. Do we have it set, Disco? Great. This is Let's let's see if he's. Sorry, I was muted. Yeah, I was gonna say I can't hear you. You want the one that says I had no right to overturn? No, it's the just, it's the one in the um, it's, it's the one in the notes. It's it's not uh, my concern. Russia and Mexico, not my concern. Okay, hang on. Let me. Maybe that one didn't come in. Maybe got corrupted. Let me look for it. You keep talking. I'll let you know when I have it. Okay, sounds good. So anyway, here, let's go back to it. Let's 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 play the next one. Um, Let's play the one you were going to play about the election. Then we'll come back to the other one when you get there. I had no right to overturn the election. The presidency belongs to the American people and the American people alone. I, I had no right to reject or return votes that day. And Kamala Harris will have no right to overturn the election when we beat them in 2024. So skipping ahead, and like I said, we'll come back. But Pence said he had no right to overturn the election because he's part of the deep state, because he's part of the deep state apparatus that was was going to make sure, come hell or high water, that there was no way Trump was reelected. Could not happen. 
if you, if, if you break it down, Pence is Paul Ryan in a Phil Donahue wig. That's who he is. And and uh, this is a huge... Here's the thing. The, 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 the clip that we're going to play in a little bit sank his presidency. There's some other things he said there that were not good at all. But Pence was a non-starter from this point forward, for going back to 2020 and not overturning the election. Now, you can debate whether he could have, should have, this, that, or the other, but the functional, practical outcome of this was that is what diehard Trump supporters, MAGA supporters wanted, people who saw and had concerns about election fraud, which most people did, even according to polls, even 30% plus of Democrats did back then. That's what they wanted to see him do. So whether, whether you think functionally, legally, whatever the case might be, he should have done it when he didn't. When he didn't, he was done. His political career was done because there's never been a movement like there is in, in President Trump's campaign and his team and his followers. And that, that to me was like, dude, like, at least if you want to continue down this, this movement where there's the loud, more patriotic, aggressive, conservative movement, if you want to be a figurehead in it, a key player in it, you, you almost just got to go along with things because you turn on that. We see it with audience all the time. I say one negative thing about Trump. They're like, F you, and they're gone. Like, whoa, like, <laughs> simmer down. There can be different opinions, but point being is he, he lost right there. That was, that, was a, that was a big thing. You can go back three years, and he was done. Yeah, Iowa shows the different the divide within the Republican Party, with Pence especially. Pence is your typical run-of-the-mill bland Republican. He he's like Romney. Right. There's really no difference between those two. He's as bland and good old boy as they get. So for Pence, even if if he had the ability to put a pause in everything on January sixth, he could have, because all of us were sitting there going, what is going on? You know, there were lawsuits being filed here and there and right. wanting a recount. And, of course, the lawsuits were getting kicked back. And then the media spins it as, well, you know, none of their, the lawsuits don't have any validity to them because they're, they're being dismissed. And it's, well, they, the, the Democrats had so much infrastructure in place to make sure that if anything was challenged, they had safety net after safety net after safety net. Right. To, yeah. to make sure that, that the results of the election were going to be airtight and that Trump was not going to yeah. have a second term. Yeah. No, 100%. 100%. So, I mean, yeah. But so that, that was the beginning of his demise, which was not all him, but it was the beginning of his demise. The most r recent, relevant version of his demise that played out in full color was Friday. Here's the, here's the soundbite that we were talking about before. Let's take a listen. Along the way, the Biden administration has been slow in providing military support. Make no mistake about this. We promised them 33 Abrams tanks in January. I heard again two weeks ago in Ukraine, they still don't have them. We've been telling them we'll train their F-16 pilots, but now they're saying maybe January we'll let somebody transfer some jets. I'm sorry, Mr. Vice President, have you, I know you're running for president. You are, distra you. You are distressed notice. that the Ukrainians don't have enough American tanks. Every city in 
in the United States has become much worse over the past three years. Yeah. Drive around. There's not one city that's gotten better in the United States. Right. And it's visible. Our economy has degraded. The suicide rate has jumped. Public filth and disorder and crime have exponentially increased. And yet, your concern is that the Ukrainians, a country most people can't find on a map, who've received tens of billions of U.S. tax dollars, don't have enough tanks. Right. I think it's a fair question to ask, like, where's the concern for the United States in that? Well, it's not my concern. Tucker, I've heard that routine from you before, but that's not my concern. I'm running for president of the United States because I think this country's in a lot of trouble. I think... Okay, <clears throat> you can say that he, he was answering the wrong question, there was some crosstalk, whatever you want to say, that came off really poorly, saying it's not my concern. And by the way, who the fuck cares about tanks in Ukraine? No one is the answer, Mike. No one in that audience, no one in America, other than some people who don't know what gender they are. But, I mean, this guy, Pence is the ideal Democrat Party candidate. Not, not today's conservative candidate. He's just another proud member of the Uniparty. He's 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 nothing more. And and this and we've got some more to talk about with Pence. But with with this that we just saw there, he was in my opinion dead in the water from the get go. He is toast now. He has no shot in hell. Yeah, to come out and like you were saying, it doesn't matter if you're if you're saying what you said was taken out of context. The context was there, and you made it sound like. What's going on in American streets isn't your concern, and you could care less if people are dying from fentanyl overdoses or being shot. Your main concern is Ukraine and making sure that they have tanks. That's how it came across to me. And it's apparently obvious that Pence just despises Tucker just by his body language and looks that he was shooting Tucker. And then he's like, I've seen this routine from you before. It's like, what routine? You're an ass. We all know that you're an ass. You just came across as smug and condescending, and you come across as the stereotypical hypocrite Christian that the left always talks about. Yeah, I was disgusted by his performance, and I was disgusted. He— He's just very—this whole—his whole manner is extremely repulsive to me because he's fake. He's contrived. He's not—you don't see his personality because he doesn't have one. Right. He's just a loser in a suit, and it's just—you know, Mike, go back to Indiana, chill out, enjoy your retirement because— Right now, you're less than worthless to the party that's trying to to put a new president in office. Yeah, no, I agree. I agree with all those things. And and to to go back to the 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 not my concern, and and if they were to argue it was taken out of context or was talking about something else, you need to be abundantly clear if you're going to make a comment like that and say to be clear, what I'm discussing is this. This is not my concern. That is my whatever. But you, but it was so poorly timed. What what is anyone else supposed to interpret from what you just said there? That that's what everyone's going to get. Speak clearly, Mike. He had no choice or no chance in the first place. Uh, but he, we have one more clip from him, okay? Because his political suicide wasn't completely over. He he plunged the straight razor deeper into his wrist when he was asked about voting machines. Take a listen here. It's the first state to do this. I'm somebody that believes that you ought to be required to give a picture ID when you go in to vote. We ought to have voter ID in every state. 
in America. But with regard to voting machines, I would tell you we had them in Indiana, but they, in Indiana and elsewhere, they produced paper ballots. Uh, recounts were taken in, in, in uh, states around the country. And I think it's absolutely essential that we do everything in our power to restore public confidence in the, in the one person, one vote principle at the heart yeah. of this republic. Why not just get rid of electronic voting machines and call it a day, and then we don't have to debate it? I'm, uh, I would certainly be open to that. Is there a downside? <laughs> but what I, what I believe, Tucker, is that states govern elections. States ought to conduct our elections. In fact, our founding fathers debated this at the Constitutional Convention. All right, so he said, I'm old-fashioned, or call me old-fashioned, but... but he thinks that you should show voter ID to vote. But notice how he didn't say anything about proving that you're a citizen. That didn't come up. He also didn't talk about getting rid of machines, really. He kind of pushed back about that. Pa look, the, the reality is paper ballots are the most surefire way to help prevent fraud. Are they even, I mean, is that process have some holes? Every, every process has holes. There's points of failure in everything. But, but he wouldn't answer the question, really, other than to say some buzzwords, you should have voter ID, which is just him placating to the crowd, because he's on board with voting fraud. That He's on the team that was okay with it, that was <laughs> making certain that Donald Trump was not reelected. Like Trump, don't like Trump. That's not the point of the conversation. The point of the conversation is there's people on both sides of the aisle trying to say your vote doesn't really matter. That's, that's the issue. You could put anyone in there. If, if we did that, well, at this point, it's different. I was going to say if we did that to a Democrat, now I think it's game on. But in old days, if, if we had been caught doing that, I'd be like, guys, that's not right. Now, but that, that's, that's what's happening here. Yeah, he's... <laughs> every time that I hear him talk, every response he has, it, it doesn't seem like... It, it seems very measured and focused group. He sounds like a Democrat. Every time a Democrat talks... They're never specific in how they would engage to tackle a problem. Pence is doing the exact same thing. He just isn't authentic. There is nothing about that man that is authentic. Everything is contrived. And now that there's a bigger microscope on him, I keep going back to it, and I know it sounds harsh, but he is a loser. And he <laughs> looks like a loser every time he opens his mouth. Because he just talks in these weird platitudes and, and talks about, talking about, oh, well, you know, in Indiana, you know, it's an electronic system and, you know, you get a receipt from it and, you know, it's a paper trail. It's like, dude, shut up. Yeah. That's not what we're talking about. Yeah. And yeah, states do have the right to, to, um, uh, execute the elections the way that they seem fit, but, Moreover, there there needs to be the the whole electoral system needs to be revamped and it needs to start at the states. You look at all the rules that changed in Pennsylvania with all the mail-in ballots. Yeah. Absentee ballot is totally fine. I do that all the time because I'm usually gone during the time that it, you know, during the election day. And I just have it sent to wherever I'm at. 
But to, that that's two totally different things. And this is another one that Democrats will always convey, will conflate. Uh, the uh, mail-in ballots as opposed to the absentee ballots. Right. They, they make them all the same they, they, when they're so different. Totally different. Yeah. No, and, and that, that is honestly, we talked about that a ton leading up to the election. One of the, that is probably their biggest tool because mail-in, the, the machines, sure, but mail-in is a huge advantage for them. And they, they fooled so many people into thinking, mail-in, yeah, absentee ballots, no. Mail-in, different. Absentee ballots, different. One, fair. There's, there's checks, there's balances, there's, there's ID verification, all of that. The other, no, you can get as many as you want. You've had four, six had delivered four to your house. With my name on it, and I'm not a registered voter in California. <laughs> it's ridiculous. It's absolutely ridiculous. All right, we're running up against time here. Let's take a quick break. When we come back, we'll show you how Nikki Haley did. Not awful, but not great either. Stick around. Attention Americans, breaking news. Biden's dangerous plan for a digital dollar is underway. Don't be fooled. It won't benefit you. Take action now. The Federal Reserve phase deployment of FedNow began on July 1st, 2023. Be prepared. This may catch many off guard. Your hard-earned assets are in jeopardy. But there's a simple legal tax loophole to opt out of the digital dollar. Reach out to American Alternative Assets for a free wealth protection guide and discover how to safeguard your wealth with gold and silver IRAs against a failing dollar and volatile markets. Visit protectfrombiden.com. This invaluable guide provides precise steps to transfer your IRA or 401k into precious metals without any tax consequences. Be smart. Don't let Biden force you into using the government's new digital dollar. Visit protectfrombiden.com to get your free guide and get started. Again, that's protectfrombiden.com. folks the next rhino on stage with tucker last week was the south carolina war piglet nikki haley and tucker asked her about election integrity here's what the former governor had to say about it so as you think about running for president i'm sure you think about the last election mm -hmm. and what happened um historic numbers for the current president 81 million votes 15 million more than Barack Obama, twice the population of New York City more than Barack Obama. What do you think of that? In terms of Biden? Yeah. 81 million votes. They are saying that Joe Biden got 81 million votes. And my question is, do you accept that? And second, how do you think he did that? I mean, all I care about is changing that. Like, I right. don't, we can't afford a President Kamala Harris. I will say that over and over. Amen. And we have to do everything we can to make sure that that happens. But as a mechanical question, it's not a trick question, it's just like the mechanics of it, something you're thinking about since you're running. I don't think anyone would say Joe Biden was a great candidate. No. Didn't campaign. He didn't campaign at all. He was not a figure who commanded respect among Democrats. They made fun of him. I'm not attacking the guy, but that's true. Right. Nobody in Washington said, I want my kid to grow up to be Joe Biden. <laughs> 
and yet at the end he's got 81 million votes. 15 million more than Barack Obama, who whatever you think of him was a very talented politician and I think smart. So like, how did he do that? And what can we learn from that? Well, what you can learn from it is what we did in South Carolina. I said in South Carolina, if you've got to show picture ID to buy Sudafed, if you've got to show picture ID to get on a plane, you should have to show picture ID to protect the integrity Amen. of the election process. So, you know, and we have to make sure Election integrity is something we don't ever stop. You have to continue over and over. We've had some states who've done some great things and they've put voter ID in place and that's been great. We still have some other states who haven't done anything and we need to make sure we're doing what we're supposed to. I mean, we saw during COVID a lot of people, a lot of um, secretaries of state changed rules without getting state legislative support. We saw a lot of that happening. We saw a lot of mail out balloting. We've got to make sure we continue to fight to make sure we have integrity in the election process. Because I saw at the United Nations, you never, when you have your people lose faith in an election system, that's the first crack of a, of a country falling apart. We have to keep fighting for this. We have to make sure we get it done. Yes. So when I asked about the 81 million votes, you immediately said things I think I, I agree with about election integrity. Yeah. So are you suggesting that that last election, it sounds like you're saying you don't think it was on the level. Are you talking about the presidential level? That's correct, the presidential Yeah, level. no, I mean, I think we all know that there were irregularities in there and that there were some issues that happened. We know that there was mail-out balloting that shouldn't have happened. I, do I think that changed the results of the election? No, I mean, I think President Biden ended up winning the election. But I think at the end of the day, it showed we've got a lot of work to do in terms of election integrity. So you mentioned uh, mail-in ballots. Would you... you would you restrict that if you're a president? Yeah, I don't I don't believe in mail-out ballots. I mean, if you do absentee ballots, in South Carolina, what we did is we did voter ID. We did right, so absentee ballots, but you, you had to verify they were who they were. You matched up that. signatures. We counted them. Was not a lot of uh, response to Tucker's question, which obviously was trying to elicit a response about whether or not those 81 million votes were legitimate or illegitimate. And throughout it, throughout that conversation, she kind of read the room and picked up on, on the reaction of the crowd and, and tried to play into it as best as she could so she didn't pin herself down on any one thing. But she also didn't come right out and say that the election was rigged. She danced around it, keep the, the MAGA supporters who were there in the crowd happy. And not just MAGA. Again, uh, this is not a MAGA show here, but like uh, not... Not just the folks who are Trump supporters, but anyone who had concerns with the election, which, by the way, everyone should have. She's a shrewd politician, though. She's she's more capable than a lot of the people that were on that stage, at least the ones that we've shown so far. And she does have pretty good instincts when it comes to staying away from political misspeak. Now, she didn't say anything either, but she didn't she didn't piss all over herself like Pence did either. Right. It, it, that was a master class in being cagey, because when Tucker first started the question about the 81 million votes, she did that that facial move where she's like. And then she heard the laughter and then he followed up with another question. And so she did it again. Yeah. And everyone's like, ah, yeah, you, you know, there's no way you think that he got that many votes in her heart of hearts that she knows that Biden didn't really get those votes that he got. But toward what what she said at the end, she she had the crowd at that point. They were on her side because she read the room perfectly with her facial moves, played in, talked about the irregularities. But then when she got to toward the end 
of her conversation with Tucker, and she said, um, I believe that you know, for whatever reason, Biden, the, the election, the, I, I believe the, the results of the election, that's when she lost the crowd again. 100%. Because she went back to it because she didn't want to be called an election denier. So she had to fit that in there. Well, and I don't for to that point, and then we'll move on with Nikki because there's more. I don't understand when you're phrasing on that could be unless you really believe that. I agree. I don't think she believes Joe got 81 million votes. I think she understands that it was rigged. She also doesn't, to your point, want to be called an election denier. But say, look, I believe there was irregularities. I believe there was fraud. How much was was needed to get over the top? How much was there? How much was it? like? You don't have to say Joe Biden still won the election because you don't know that. I don't think she, she doesn't know that. I think most of us are pretty certain that's not the case. But you, when, when you phrase it the way she did, it, that, that's trouble. That was one of the most troubling things she said there. Actually, uh, yeah, that, that probably was. This one wasn't good either because Tucker asked her about the Nord Stream bombing, and here's what she said about it. If we've got it. No, hang on. Um... I see BD yeah, I over there. there yeah, we here go. it is. Yeah. Here it is. Who blew up the Nord Stream pipeline? I mean, I I don't know. Do I'm, not, I'm not claiming you did it. No. Uh, <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> no, I don't know. I mean, That's what I'm saying. Do you know who did it? Uh, seems pretty obvious. It was backed by the Biden administration, I would say. I mean, I think all the evidence suggests that, but I wasn't there. But I, I, I just, I mean, that seems like a huge step. This is the largest industrial sabotage in history, sent more carbon in the atmosphere than any act ever. And like, there's weirdly no curiosity about who did it. And I think that's strange. What do you well, think? There's a lot of things that are strange with the Biden administration. This is the first one. <laughs> I guess uh, what I'm really saying is if you were running against the Biden administration to do something like that and shaft our closest allies in the world, which would be Western Europe, and deprive them of the energy they need to run their manufacturing sector and destroy their economy, which it is in the process of doing, like that's a major sin to have done something like that. You just well, betrayed our allies and no one on the right is accusing the Bidens of what they clearly did. So I don't know why. So again, she tries to capture the crowd by being like, well, the Biden administration does lots of weird things or, you know, to try and poke on them, although not really poke on them much. But I mean, she basically goes into Sergeant Schultz mode of I, I know nothing. I see nothing there. She's got a horrible poker face. She knows, like the election, she knows it was us. She knows that we were behind that. that for Pete's sakes, between Victoria Newland and Joe Biden, they promised, Biden promised on camera that the Nord Stream pipeline would be destroyed. So, I mean, this this is you don't have to be a seasoned investigator to figure this one out here. But she she wouldn't she wouldn't own up to it. And and that was kind of I showed those two clips. We could show multiple clips for every person that was on the stage. That one, those two rather for Nikki were perfect because it was I don't want to tell you what you want to hear, but I'm also not going to go the opposite direction. I'm just going to kind of stay right here in the middle and not say anything. <laughs> exactly. She know she's being a good little deep stater by not saying, "Hell yeah, it was a Biden regime that blew up the Nord Stream pipeline." It's obvious. Well, but she's afraid someone's going to say, "Well, what's your proof?" Well, the proof is, like you were saying, Victoria Nuland and Biden himself promised that it was going to be blown up down at the bottom of the ocean. So, prove have Biden prove he didn't do it. You know, you got to put if if you're a Republican, you got to put 
the left on the defense. Yeah. And the left is so good about putting Republicans on the defense. At this point, even if you are a deep stater, but if your goal is to become president, you have to go after them. You have to— you, You've got to pin this on him and make him prove his innocence like Republicans and, or Democrats and the left do to Republicans all the time. Look, look what they did to Brett Kavanaugh. They called him a rapist, <laughs> uh, leading gang rapes. This is the same thing. you got to go, Biden, you blew up the pipeline, prove you didn't. Right. Yeah. No, exactly. But that's not the way that the Republicans play the game, at least not the old school Republicans, which there are still far too many of. Uh, we talked earlier about Vivek, who had a pretty good showing. Uh, we're not showing clips of him today, but he did. He had a great showing. He, he, he weathered the storm, and then the only other one who weathered the storm and came out pretty, pretty well unscathed was, was DeSantis. Uh, we'll show you some of his clips and what he had to say on the other side of this break. It's a crazy world out there, and we're facing more uncertainty than our country has faced in a long time, if ever. And the most important advice that we can give you and your loved ones is be prepared. Most people don't realize they need something until it's too late. Whether it's a natural disaster, a sustained power outage, political upheaval, or God forbid, war. You need to be prepared. Don't put yourself in that situation. Have food and water on hand to provide for you and your loved ones during the worst of times. And then pray you never need it. Thankfully, we have just the solution for you. Heaven's Harvest has everything you need to prepare for the unexpected. You get prepared and you support a pro-America Christian company that shares your values at the same time. Everyone wins. And the best news is you also get discounts on emergency survival foods, heirloom vegetables, seed kits, water filtration and storage kits, and loads of other survival resources, such as guides on how to grow and preserve your foods. So get ahead, be prepared, and survive with a company that shares your values. And we have you covered with great discounts. Go to HeavensHarvest.com and use promo code RVM to save 10%. Again, that's HeavensHarvest.com and use promo code RVM to save 10% on your order. We interrupt today's programming to bring unfortunate news. Biden's dangerous plan for a digital dollar is underway. Don't be fooled. It won't benefit you. So take action now. The Federal Reserve's phased deployment of FedNow began on July 1st, 2023. Be prepared. This may catch many off guard and put your hard-earned assets in jeopardy. But here's the good news. There's a simple legal tax loophole to opt out of the digital dollar. Speak to someone at American Alternative Assets for a free wealth protection guide and discover how to safeguard your wealth with gold and silver IRAs against a failing dollar and volatile markets. Dial 833, the number 2 USA Gold. Yes, call now, 833-287-2465. This invaluable guide provides precise steps to transfer your IRA or 401k in 
into precious metals without any tax consequences. Don't let Biden force you into using the government's new digital dollar. Call 833, the number two USA Gold. Yes, call now. 833-287-2465. Act swiftly. 833-287-2465. two here we go folks after weeks of come somewhat stagnant polling things have kind of gone down gotten a little trickier you've had some maneuvering some some new strategies coming out of team DeSantis Ron came out swinging he came out swinging in Iowa to bolster more support here here was one of the clips that caught our attention take a look we need that that's gonna happen so I think a couple things. One, there are thousands of positions in the executive branch that are appointed by the president. You gotta have all those people ready to go to be submitted to the Senate in January of 2025. You can't wait two years to fill all the positions because then these career bureaucrats, they just take over. So you gotta have your people in there on day one. You also have, a, have to have certain character of people. Like if you're the attorney general, everything you do, to deal with the DOJ and the weaponization of government, deal with the FBI, the press is gonna rake you over the coals, the left is gonna rake you over the coals, the Democrats, they're all gonna rake you over the coals. You either are down for that or you're not. And if you can't handle that, if you don't have the backbone to do that, you will fail at that job. So you need people, and I look at different folks in, in government like on the Supreme Court, I would look to Clarence Thomas as the example because he doesn't budge. He doesn't care what the media says about him. They've smeared him six ways from Sunday. He does what he thinks is right. So you gotta have those people. And then you have levers that you can pull. I believe Article Two of the Constitution means the president has the executive authority. We just say these bureaucrats somehow can't be held accountable. I disagree with that. Uh, I think you can fire them. If we have an FBI agent going to uh, harass a pro-life activist like they did Mark Houck and send a SWAT team, I'd fire them immediately. When you have FBI colluding with big tech to censor dissent, I would fire those people. Had I been president 2020, Anthony Fauci would have been fired, and you've got to be willing to do it. I mean, it, it All right, so going hard to the hoop, and, and he needs to do that, right? Because, look, we like him. We're, we're not picking sides here. We've, we've encouraged people on the conservative side to try and let the primary carry itself out and not divide the, the the conservative movement and but that said he's got to find a way to get over with voters there's people who love him just like there's people who love trump there's people who think uh, he, he needs to show them more that was good he, he kind of reminds you of goldberg when he debuted in wcw some of you are like i don't know what you're talking about <laughs> just go with me because there was a lot of anticipation he marked this new era in wrestling the torch was going to be passed and then he was he was good. He had a long run, didn't lose for a while, always was yelling, who's next? But he never really lived up to all the hype. I hope for his sake he does. And I hope, moreover, for the GOP and our country that he lives up to the hype. I think it's possible. I think he's done a great job, a tremendous job, in fact, here in Florida, 
but the national stage is different, no doubt. So they've got to they've got to sort through that and continue to push ahead and and see what changes they can make that are going to resonate with the people. But that's that's kind of where he's at. But continuing the wrestling metaphor, Ron is a solid top card guy. There's top card, mid card, low card. You know, you, you want to obviously be the top card, kind of a main eventer. But what he's trying to figure out right now, what he and his staff are, and there's been some shakeups with the staff in, in the last week or two, is are you a main eventer? Can he be the main eventer? I'm not saying he can't. Some people are. I, I think that there's a chance that he could be. But can he be that main eventer? Can you go 60 minutes in a Hell in the Cell match? And can you, moreover, get over with the fans? Because today, the conservative movement today, the, the, the more rambunctious ones, they're like wrestling fans. You, you, you've <laughs> you've got to capture them. And then you've got to hold them. So we will see. But we've got more clips from him. Tucker asked Ron about digital currency. Here was that exchange. So um, how concerned are you that in the wake of whatever the next economic disruption that we're going to face is, and everyone kind of feels like maybe there's something coming, um, that will wind up with digital currency issued by the central bank? Well, if I am the president on day one, we will nix central bank digital currency. Done, dead, not happening in this country, in the state of Florida, because the Fed has been talking about this. Oh, yeah. And what the Fed said was, well, you know, we wouldn't do it without consulting the legislative and executive branches. Ideally, we would get a law passed. No, 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 no. That's not how the Constitution says. It's only ideal that you get a law passed. You would have to get a law passed. I don't think Congress would pass that. So I think the Fed may try to do something unilaterally. So what we did in Florida is we basically passed a law that says we do not recognize CBDC in the state of Florida. And I think other states are probably going to follow suit. That will their ability to do it through executive action. They don't have authority to do it. There'd be lawsuits and everything. For those who don't know what CBDC is, what they want to do, and this is tied in with like Davos, World Economic Forum, all these people. They want the Fed, they want to get rid of cash. They want no cryptocurrency, and they want this to be the sole form of legal tender. And they have said this publicly at like Davos and these other places. It will allow them to prohibit, quote, undesirable purchases like fuel and ammunition. And so the minute you give them the power to do this, they are going to impose a social credit system on this country. CBDC is a massive threat to American liberty on January 20th. 2025, it goes to the ash heap of history in this country. So if you if you were to become president, and previous presidents have discovered this, so you and the vice president. All right, so, so Ron's answer is exactly what all of us, I think, wanted to hear about CBDC, right? Because it is. It's a control mechanism designed to enslave people. They're, they're going to tell you it's a gazillion other things. That's what it is. That is what it is. And the political class is going to keep pushing central bank digital currencies, currencies until some form of it gets through. They always do this. Again, as we told you, I tell you, one of the reads with, with our partners at the beginning of the show right now, you guys, Fed now, the Biden administration is rolling out. There is a phased rollout that started two weeks ago, two, a little over two weeks ago, to bring digital currency to the United States of America. This, they go hard to the hoop. They, they always do it this way. Get, just get something through. It started as a white paper. 
That white paper is now a phased rollout of digital currency in America. The Green Deal, the Green New Deal was pitched multiple times. Reeled in during pushback. There was a lot of pushback, as there should have been. But then reintroduced, passed under the name of the Inflation Reduction Act. You'd think, oh, they have nothing to do with each other. They don't. But that's what that act was about. So he, 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 whether you're voting for Ron, you're voting for Trump, you're voting for Vivek, or hopefully those are the only three you're considering. The other ones aren't, aren't worth your while. But he masterfully articulated the inherent risks of switching to a digital currency controlled by the Fed. He's saying the right things. Is it enough for him to gain, you know, ground on Trump? Don't know. We'll see. He's got a pretty sizable, sizable lead in most of the polls, but you also can't trust the polls. I don't know. I don't know. I don't trust anybody anymore. He gave Ron gave the 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 answer that we were all looking for that I was looking for. I was very pleased by his answer because he he feels the same way that I do, you do, and the majority of us who see the red flags coming with the digital uh, currency that's controlled by our government. Now, how many false promises have we had in the past? When it, I just look at Obamacare. It's like, as soon as we get the House and the Senate and the presidency, we'll repeal Obamacare. We did it. You didn't do it. Yeah. And we actually saw the true colors of the rhinos when that happened. Is Ron in that, of that same, is he cut from the same cloth as the McCain's and the Romney's? I don't know. Yeah. Time, time will tell. But I'm telling you, as somebody who feels like a total sap for voting for Republicans because they say that they're going to do something and never never follow through with it, I'm stuck because I'm not going full commie and voting for a Democrat. Yeah. Their ideals and belief system are way, way far away from where I am. But when it comes to Republicans, it's like they're trying to do everything in their power to push people like me away from them. But exactly. Yeah. No, I, I couldn't agree more. That's that's the, my I've got a pretty firm policy of I don't like most people <laughs> in any realm uh, <laughs> these days, which sounds unhealthy. It probably is. But but that's true. I mean, they all disappoint. And to be clear, you know, we pick on, you know, you, you say, well, is, what's he going to do? What's he going to do if he gets in there? And it could be DeSantis or fill in the blank with any name. There's a lot of things Trump did right. There's a lot of things he said he was going to do that he didn't. He faced stiff resistance. I get it. I'm not putting all the blame on him. But this, it goes back to the system being so corrupt, too. There are people that are corrupted, bought and paid for, 100%. Most of them, sadly, are. But the system is also so jacked up that you 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 get there and you have someone who go in and you're like, oh, this, this guy's actually a fighter. He's going to do it. It's like, yeah, he's going to try and do it or she's going to try and do it. But the system is so <laughs> broken that it can't be done. So there's got to be that. Cons that consideration when people are looking at this like this guy's disappointment he's got to be everyone just always goes right to he's got to be a rhino because he disagreed with me on something or he failed on something it could be true it could also be that there's so many of these shittards over here doing this stuff and blocking anything that's good for the for the greater american populace that you know you just it just doesn't it doesn't work out so so there's a lot to keep in mind. There's a lot to keep in mind for sure. Okay, we're going to take a break. When we come back, we're hoping to have Paul Hutchinson, who's one of the executive producers of The Sound of Freedom, 
on the line. Um, we're, the producers are trying to get him right now. If that doesn't happen, we'll dive into some Ukraine stuff, and then once we have him on the line, we'll bring him in. But regardless, we got tons, tons, tons coming up. Stick around. Get more of Drew, and this is my show with Coin Club, exclusively on the RVM Network. Coin Club members get a This Is My Show Challenge coin, an exclusive Friday morning show for Coin Club members only, automatic entry into show-related sweepstakes, and other in-studio bonuses. Plus, members get access to all other premium content on the RVM network and no ads on written content on redvoicemedia.com. So join the club and carry your coin with pride. Go to dbcoinclub.com. Military and first responders get 30% off their memberships. Again, that's dbcoinclub.com. Current Drew Crew members need not apply. Military and first responder discounts are available on monthly or annual memberships. All members, regardless of subscription type, are automatically entered into sweepstakes. However, challenge coins are only issued to annual members. Learn more at dbcoinclub.com. In, in the next segment here coming up, it's going to be a fascinating conversation. We're going to talk about the Sound of Freedom, which is crushing it at the box office. And and moreover, like I said earlier, it's not the, the dollars. It's not the views. It's, it's more than that. It's the conversation. The conversation that's now being had in homes and workplaces throughout the country that it was not happening before. But let's touch on a couple other things real quick. Uh, Disco, a couple minutes, or are we going to wait till the next segment? Uh, he just said, give me a couple minutes. Okay. Two minutes is what he said. So. Okay, well, let's do this. Maybe we can squeeze him in now. Um, uh, an update on Coin Club. You just saw a Coin Club commercial there during the break. We we did a drawing at the end of, what month are we in? We're in July. We did a drawing at the end of June. Paul L. won. He won $204. So here's what we're going to do. We're going to make an adjustment because Paul has not responded. Paul has not responded. It's been several weeks. We don't want to just keep that money. I know that's what makes sense. <laughs> it would make sense to just be like, yep, we gave it to Paul. And have we, a pizza party. We did, yeah, huge pizza party. We didn't. We didn't hear from Paul. Uh, so what we're going to do is we're going to, two things. One, this month it's not really been quote unquote a cuss jar. It's been if we say, you know, as filler, it's trickier to follow, you know, as as filler uh, than it is cuss words. We're very it's very apparent when we say cuss words. It's, it's also usually too often. But what we're going to do is we're going to end the, you know, conversation. Point for this month, and which there's already 100 something odd dollars in here. I don't know the exact total hundred and I don't know, 20, 30, something like that. We're going to take the 204 from before. And we're going to put it in here and we're going to roll that into the drawing that will be at the end of this month. So we're now well over three hundred dollars. This is exciting. This is like Powerball. It's Powerball, Powerball which, by the way, over. get Powerball <laughs> tickets today. What is it? Nine hundred million. Yeah. Wow. I'm not big into to that, but like I'll, I'll 
I'll drop 20 bucks and see if maybe we can get, I'll change 20 for 900 million any day of the week. I don't think it's obviously going to happen. How about uh, 5,000? Yeah, I'll do that too. I'll take that too. You'll put in 5,000? No, 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 no. I think meant just 20 for 5,000. I was going to say your wife would kill you no, yes. if you bought $5,000 worth of Powerball Here's tickets. the good news. The good news is we got a decent shot at winning. More, A more decenter shot than others. Uh, no, that would be bad. That would not go over well. I was thinking, you know, if you if you knew you had a good shot at winning five thousand for twenty bucks, I would do it. Think of the skits we could do, all the costumes we could play with in the studio. With. It would be amazing. It would be amazing. We'd have our own wardrobe department, special effects. Yes. It, the production value would be through the roof. Finally, get that bartender we've been talking about. <laughs> it would be it the would house be, band. Yes, the Sugar Street Blues. They're coming. They're coming. They're going to be over here. Um, okay, so so anyways, this so no more counting the rest of this month. There's well over three hundred dollars in here. Coin club members, you've got coin club members, you're already in the drawing. People who are not in coin club, join coin club. You sign up for coin club, you get a free Friday show or an extra Friday show, we should say, because there is a fee to join coin club. But you get a show Friday morning, eleven a.m. Eastern. We've been having a blast for that. There's no commercials in that. It's just an hour of bliss. We have a good time together. Then you also get entered into contests such as this one where we do every month where you win cash or prizes. You get all sorts of other opportunities. When Booze and Banter returns, you're going to have access to that. You and you alone will have access to that. You get, if you're an annual member, a challenge coin like this sent to you. A lot of people have already gotten theirs, which is amazing. So lots of reasons to sign up for Coin Club. All you got to do is go to dbcoinclub.com. You can sign up there. That's where you also go to watch as well and then um <clears throat> there was something else i was just going to say about it oh <laughs> military and first responders get 30 percent off so check that out okay let's do this let's slide into ukraine while we're waiting for for paul to come in here and we'll talk about that and then we'll get to to that uh to him in just a, a little bit here but you've got ukraine who has come out and we're going to talk twice about ukraine still a, a little bit later we're going to talk about joe rogan and his thoughts on it but you've got Ukraine specifically saying they will not even consider negotiations with Moscow until Russian troops leave its territory. That, according to the head of Ukraine's presidential office, they said that Friday. Which just made, I mean, Ukraine is becoming the guy who gets his ass kicked and then says, if I don't get what I want, I'm going to continue smashing my face with your fist. Th that's who they are. Like, I mean, they just, they just keep coming back. It makes no sense. Stop it, Ukraine. Here's a quote from the presidential office. Even thinking about these talks is only possible after Russian troops leave our territory. That was Andrei Yeremek, the head of Ukraine's presidential office. But you guys, as we keep saying, functionally speaking, the war is not really over. Because Washington, the military industrial complex, keeps it alive because of a, a myriad of reasons. But on the actual battlefield in Ukraine, in Donbass, Crimea, all these places... The war is over. The war's over. But but the Biden administration's acting like the Japanese soldier who was living in a cave on a Philippine island, not knowing that World War II was over. They 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 just keep pushing it. It's out of the headlines. Still being pushed on on some of the, the left-wing news opinion shows for sure. But these guys are shrewd. They are shrewd. If they if they think that their party will be damaged by their war support, anyways, I, we're gonna skip this. We're gonna move on. Bottom line, you've got Ukraine saying, we're not negotiating till all Russian troops are out. That's not going to happen, i.e., 
the war continues on. But let's do this because we've got our guest who, who is now here. There's this movie. I don't know if you've heard of it. It's called The Sound of Freedom. Crushing it at the box office. Also, as I mentioned, it's sparking conversation that should have been happening across the country and across the planet, for that matter, all along. It is doing great. And one of its executive producers, Paul Hutchinson, is here now. He co-founded Bridge Investment Group, a large real estate investment firm based in Salt Lake City, Utah. He then retired from Bridge Investment Partners in 2017, and he's been going after it, bringing awareness to this, doing doing missions. I mean, he's done 60-plus missions. We're going to let him tell you. But he joins us now. Paul, thanks so much for being here. Uh, it's, a, it's a pleasure to have you. Thank you. Thank you. My deepest apologies. I'm actually in Latin America and uh, in between uh, appointments and whatnot. Literally one third of all the people who have seen our movie are Latino. So pushing hard to open up a market down here. And what's crazy is the pushback. You know, we, we got the pushback in the U.S. There were so many times in the last three years we, we tried so hard to get this out to the market. Big media was pushing us back. Hollywood was pushing us back. Everybody was. And we're having the same kind of issues here in Latin America, where government officials are not allowing it to be shown in their countries. And so it's it's a, it's striking a chord somewhere, and it's because we're right at the heart of the issue. Yeah. Well, I was just, just going to say, it shows you are directly over the target, my friend, with that. I'm so glad it got out here. I hope things continue to push and progress in, in Latin America and elsewhere. Frankly, this has to be everywhere, but I wanna take a step back. You, so you're one of the figures that this, this film is, is, is about. You're, you're an executive producer on it, but before that, you, you, you were a successful financial professional and, and then you pivoted and you went all, walk us through the journey of how you made that transition and, and just how that all happened. Well, understand this. The reason I was recruited is because I have the perfect combination. I have uh, some special skills from a previous life that make me somewhat safe in a dangerous place. But more important than that, when it comes to the demand in second and third world countries for this horrible act, it's coming from guys with big egos and big checkbooks. Yeah. That's what's going on. And so... What had happened was that the Homeland Security agent that Jim Caviezel plays in the film, real life, he was Homeland Security. He was frustrated that he, he had he had he had taken down a whole bunch of pedophiles, but hadn't rescued any children in that process. He found some children in Cartagena, Colombia, needed fifty thousand dollars to pull those kids out of hell. For me, you know, I don't want to make a wish board of directors and $10,000 with make a wish. I could send a little girl to Disneyland with her, her family, which is important. She's struggling with cancer, but here $50,000, we could pull 20 children out of hell, get them back to their family. So a bunch of us helped make that happen. A little bit later, he called me. He said, Paul, I'm in Cartagena, Colombia. There's not just 20 children. There's more than 50 here, more than a hundred children in the surrounding areas. He said, we have a plan that we could rescue all 100 children at the same time on the same day in the same places but he said i need your help in a big way and i i thought he needed money i said i said well how much do you need and he said i need you can you be in colombia in two days he said these traffickers have a have a, a plan that they can build a, a sec hotel 
that sells children to Americans. They believe they can make tens of millions of dollars a year on this project. And somehow we need to get them to call the other traffickers and get, get them to bring all the children to the same place at the same time so we can rescue them all. We did three si simultaneous things on the same day, Medellin, Colombia, Armenia, Colombia, and, and Cartagena. The one that I was involved with at Cartagena, 54 children total, over 120 victims were rescued on, on that one day, largest child rescue in one day in history that I know of at that time. So that's how I was brought in since that time, have, have led or played a key part in over 70 undercover rescue missions in 15 countries. That's awesome. First of all, thank you for what you do. That's amazing. I mean, those numbers are staggering and 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 you but but that's that's some examples of missions, right? And and, and obviously great to to have that number come out in the one and then and then subsequent missions you've done this a, a whole bunch. But this is ha that's just in Colombia. This is happening all over the world. I mean, just how big of a problem for the audience is this worldwide? This is, first of all, it's the human trafficking is the fastest growing criminal enterprise in the world, and good people don't even know that it's happening. There's, there's more today, and I'm not talking about just children that are you know, being abused at home, which is a huge number and horrible. I'm talking sold human beings. There's more today than all 300 years of the transatlantic slave trade put together. And we sit back thinking that slavery disappeared at the time of Abraham Lincoln. No, it's gotten worse and it's gotten dark, and it's gotten young. And, and the issue is, is that, that there's this massive insatiable demand. Statistically, there's somewhere around $150 billion a year in profit going into the pockets of human traffickers globally. There's more money made from human trafficking than every single airline on the planet combined. And we sit back thinking that there's no such thing as slavery in our time today. Yeah. That's staggering. Staggering. I mean, and, and that's, I have so many questions. We could probably talk to you for, for hours, but I, how do people not know this? I mean, I, I, I kind of have a sense of how they don't, but, but this is, it's the fastest growing criminal enterprise. It, there's so, it's happening all over the planet. There's so much money. There's so many lives involved. How, how is our global population, but let's break it down. Let's just break down American population. We obviously have a lot of problems with that, but, but how has the wool been pulled over our eyes so much that no one knew this existed, at least to the extent that it does? You have to ask yourself who's controlling the narrative and why it was so difficult for us to bring this movie to the public, right? I mean, right from the beginning, yeah, we had interest from Sony and, and Lionsgate and Paramount and others who were super interested in the story of that of that rescue mission, and some of the others. But they wanted full control. In the in the documents, they could have they could have tabled this for 20 years and never brought it out. Yeah. And so we thought, okay, that that's interesting. We decided to fund it privately. So I put the very first money in. I put the first four hundred thousand dollars into pre-production, into writing the script, getting everything perfect so that so that then we could have a, a product ready to be filmed, and then we could take it out. Even then, they wanted all this liberty. So we decided we needed to privately fund it in order to get it out. We brought in some private funding partners, only, only spent about $14.5 million on this project. And even then, for the last three years, the, 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 the controls that are placed on what you get to hear about and what you get to learn are unbelievable. 
If you really think that we have free speech in this country, good luck. Yeah, we, we don't. When you when you understand who's controlling the media, who's controlling Hollywood, who's controlling the the massive amounts of information that's coming and, and we're being fed and and how much censorship really is happening, then you realize, wow, no wonders we haven't heard about this. And so the only way we could bring this to the public was was having a crowdfunding type of a platform, angel funding or angel studios. The only they they don't rely on any big money coming from Hollywood or anything else. This is totally grassroots. These are good men and women that say, you know what? Screw Hollywood. I'm gonna I'm gonna tell I'm gonna tell all my neighbors about this thing. We're gonna fill the theaters up, and every single time I've been to one of these, the the, the theaters are clapping at the very end, standing up, applauding because this touches at the heart of we're gonna we're gonna fix this problem. And, and nobody wants to talk about it. Yeah. Well, I mean, how rewarding is that? I mean, obviously, first and foremost, congrats on how successful the film is. But but more importantly than financial success of a film is, is the awareness that comes with this. How rewarding is it to know that theaters are full and that with full theaters and with the, the mainstream media and Hollywood not wanting this conversation out there, but now it is out there. How how great of a feeling is it to to know that there's people who, you know, it's it's like with 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 faith, right? You you you've got a hundred sheep and the one wanders, you go after and get the one and that's a victory. There's so many people now, whatever the number is, that weren't talking about this, weren't aware of this before, that now it's right on their mind. And when you have something as dark as this on your mind, you don't get it out. So that's gotta feel great for you guys. Well and that that was the purpose. Right from the beginning, when we did this rescue, and then I, I volunteered to, to continue to do undercover rescues, the Homeland Security agent, we, we needed somebody to be the face. We needed a, a face out there that was on, on CNN, ABC, everything else. And so as we continued, we realized the reason why we signed up for that and allowing him to just, just tell all the stories and all these operators behind, because we realized that the only way to fix this problem was to create a movement. Back at the time of Abraham Lincoln, it, it wasn't guys like us that was creating the biggest difference. It wasn't the guys rescuing the slaves. It was people like you. It was it was Harriet Beecher Stowe who wrote a book called Uncle Tom's Cabin, which was the media of the age. And it created an awareness with good people of what was going on in the South. Yeah. In fact, years later, when, when Abraham Lincoln met her, he shook her hand. He said, so you're the little lady that wrote the book that started the Civil War. That's what we wanted for this. That's what our dream was eight years ago when we started taking this and, and putting it into script form. We needed to create a movement, and that's exactly what's happened. Well, you sure have. It's been fascinating to see. So people have seen it now. People are becoming more aware of this problem that plagues the planet with, with human trafficking and, and more specifically child trafficking. With that, you're obviously going to get that movement. You're going to get that response, uh, an emotional response, but but more for some. How, I mean, how do others who are blown away by this and want to get involved, how do people help push back against this more? What are, what are some of the best ways? There's a lot of tools and resources. So one of, uh, one of my foundations is the Child Liberation Foundation. You can go to liberatechildren.org and uh, get all the information that you need there. Um, they have, uh, you know, you can donate $5 a month or a dollar a month, or you can get resources of things that you can do to help your family and your children stay safe. Um, we, uh, I was just this morning on a call, we're bringing on a, 
a couple guys that I trained with over the years of uh, former special forces guys, guys that do do uh, situational awareness, et cetera, that, uh, that have forces that we're putting those and making them available on the Liberate Humanity, Liberating Humanity website, as well as the, the Child Liberation Foundation website so that they can get those tools and that information. I, I teach a lot of them as well. I, I was undercover until about three and a half, four months ago. Earlier this year, I decided, you know what? I, I can do more with my voice than I can do an undercover. I had no social media, no, no Instagram, no Facebook, no TikTok, nothing. And in less than three months, over 40 million people have seen the videos that I've done on, on healing, healing trauma and helping people through things and situational awareness, et cetera, et cetera. So all of those tools we're making available for people so that they can keep their family safe and they can be aware so that they can not end up in a situation where your child is somewhere in Colombia being trafficked. Yeah. Well, that is awesome. Well, I honestly, Paul, I just uh, applaud everything you've done. We really appreciate you coming by. So thrilled to see the movie doing well. But again, more importantly, so thrilled that people are aware of this, growing more and more aware of this and can help people like yourselves, like everyone else who's doing this, going out, whether it's financially, physically, whatever the case might be to, to rescue these children, bring them back. Thanks again for all that you do. We'd love to have you back and we'd love to get you in studio here when you're, when you're not traveling around the world. I would love that. Yep. Get in touch with my guys. I would love to come in and see you face to face and, and really share some amazing stories of the last 10 years being undercover and finding these children. Well, we will make it happen. We will reach out again. Thank you so much, Paul, for being here. Folks, check out The Sound of Freedom if you have not already. Outstanding film. You're going you're gonna to be telling other people to, to check it out if you have not already. Uh, and, and more importantly, I hope that you have some conversations about this and, and understand just how dark parts of the world are. And, and it's happening way too much, way, way, way too much. All right, we have a lot to get to still on the show today. We've got uh, Joe Rogan's take on Ukraine. So many other things coming up. Stick with us. We're going to take a quick commercial break. interrupt today's programming to bring unfortunate news. Biden's dangerous plan for a digital dollar is underway. Don't be fooled. It won't benefit you. So take action now. The Federal Reserve's phased deployment of FedNow began on July 1st, 2023. Be prepared. This may catch many off guard and put your hard-earned assets in jeopardy. But here's the good news. There's a simple legal tax loophole to opt out of the digital dollar. Speak to someone at American Alternative Assets for a free wealth protection guide and discover how to safeguard your wealth with gold and silver IRAs against a failing dollar and volatile markets. Dial 833, the number 2 USA Gold. Yes, call now, 833-287-2465. This invaluable guide provides precise steps to transfer your IRA or 401k into precious metals without any tax consequences. Don't let Biden force you into using the government's new digital dollar. Call 833, the number 2 USA Gold. Yes, call now, 833 833- 287-2465. Act swiftly. 833-287-2465. We've 
all experience low levels of electrolytes. Whether from a late night of drinking, completing a half marathon, or maybe even just experiencing a bout of explosive diarrhea from a food truck. You know what it's like to need to replenish those also important minerals in your body. But why just settle for that when you can enjoy our new proprietary sports drink and colon sweet blend, Colon Sport. Colon Sport is the new frontier in electrolyte replacement and removal. With a quick surge of sugar and electrolyte replacement, you'll feel on top of the world. And then, like a brisk wind tickling your grandmother's chimes, you need to drop those minerals and a whole lot else. So stop drinking other successful mineral replacement drinks and jump on board the colon sport express we're not only sure you'll love the taste but we promise you'll be coming back for more colon sport only hydrates and replenishes electrolytes for a temporary period before blowing out your bowels and requiring most individuals to start the process over and over and over individual results may vary some individuals may experience significant weight loss Welcome back, friends. Very fascinating conversation with Paul Hutchinson, who, again, one of the people that the film The Sound of Freedom is based on. Obviously, you got Tim Ballard, who's the public face of it, but Paul has been doing over 70 undercover operations to help rescue children who have been enslaved and trafficked around the globe. Fascinating. Great to have him on. It is, it is really crazy. You hear these conversations happening about the you know pornography and how much money's in that industry and how many lives are ruined over it talking uh, some of you who are watching it too because there's studies that show how it reworks your brain and all of that stuff it's not healthy for relationships yada 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 and i shouldn't i don't mean yada yada like it's not important but but the people on the other side of the camera some of them choose to be there some of them don't there's a lot that goes into that all that to say people talk about that then they never really think about it no one ever thinks about or talks about child trafficking. Some of you in the audience do, I get it. But no one on the collective, in general, you don't get together at cocktail parties and barbecues and talk about child trafficking. Some of you know what's out there, but you, m most would never presume that it was one of the most financially lucrative criminal enterprises on the planet. Yeah, I, I had no clue how big this problem was until Paul started talking about it and other people related to the movie started talking about it. You know, I've spent a lot of time in Southeast Asia and at the airport there, you know, I would I'd be waiting for a flight with my sound guy and we'd play. It was kind of a dark game, but we'd play tourist to pedophile when we'd see somebody walking through the airport. And normally, if it was a flight coming in from like Frankfurt, Germany, and any German man who was unaccompanied by his family or or a spouse was was pretty much somebody that we designated as a pedophile because there's really no other reason other than scuba diving that you would go to Thailand by yourself if you're a dude if that's what if you weren't going on some sort of sex tour but for myself I always thought it was the child trafficking was done in places like Southeast Asia or Sri Lanka you know Arthur C Clarke being a well-known pedophile the the author of 2001 a Space Odyssey and then Gary Glitter, remember the the it did the show Rock and Roll number forty eight or something? I think was his big hit. No, no, no. Hey, yeah, he got into some trouble, and of course he went to Vietnam to avoid 
having to go to prison. So I always thought of it. I didn't realize how what a giant global problem it was. I thought it was just just it was an issue in one part of the globe and then trickled out into like Epstein Island. But the way that Paul was talking, this is an intricate network of high level people who have this insatiable appetite for sex with children, which is very disturbing. Yeah. Well, and not just not just sex with them, but then sell them. I mean, yeah. Like, I mean, it it, it is it is. Uh, sorry, I'm giving another link to you guys in the chat there. Uh, it, it is the most disturbing thing out there, and and you you hear. I knew it was big. I knew this was a problem, and that's not like a, I knew and you didn't kind of thing because I didn't know that it grossed more money than all the airlines put together. Like that is staggering. It is staggering, and I. It makes you want to get involved. It makes you want to get involved, and I hope some of you do, whether it's financially, whether it's providing care to these people who have gone through trauma, these children, you know, and getting involved in an organization that helps with that, whether it's if you've got the, the skills to, to be a part of that. I had a, a friend of mine who was in the studio just weeks ago, in fact, who was going to rescue some stuff, was picking my brain because of my background. He had some other great people working. They're not related to Paul or Tim's operation, but they do it in some other countries that I won't mention. Um, but but this is a massive problem. And thank God that there are people out there who are committed to going and righting some wrongs and putting their lives on the line to try and get these other folks out. Uh, it's it's remarkable, remarkable to me. It's just a, it's so impressive what they do, but it's so depressing why they have to do it. Yeah, the, the demand is that big. Yeah. And then you have people like Ghislaine Maxwell, who has this whole list of people, of clients that she helps service. And we don't know who that list is. And by what Paul was saying, I'm sure it would be devastating to know who was on that list and what capacity and what they were doing. And it would even, it would even shed light on how big of a problem it is. It, it, the child trafficking is in the United States, yeah, as opposed to other other countries around the world. Well, and that's the thing: as you get into this, you have those conversations, and like Americans typically do, the 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 first thought that comes to, and I don't want to presume it is all of your thoughts in the audience, but for most, the, the first thought that comes to mind is, man, that's I feel so bad for the children in Colombia or Eastern Europe or Southeast Asia. You guys, it happens here in America on a big level too it's 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 everywhere we are not immune to it by the way we're as much of a third world country as a lot of them are in so many regards today but i mean it's it is a massive problem i highly encourage you to look more and more and more into it go back watch the interview with paul go look at his site we put him in the chat on rumble paul hutchinsonofficial.com you can go to liberatechildren.org and learn more about ways to get involved that way um, or you can check. I mean, there's there's tons of resources out there if you just want to to look and find ways to get involved. Uh, the first step for most people, though, is just understanding there is a problem. It is a massive problem. And then how you help, how you come and fall in line with that is 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 obviously going to be different for everyone. But it's making more and more sense now why we see people, factions on the left trying to push 
for the normalization of pedophilia because if it's that big of a problem what they're what they're trying to do now is saying oh it's okay that's totally fine because it's a huge problem it's either take down all these people at the top yeah. who are running things or try and normalize it to make it look like normal behavior so the people at the top don't come crashing down. It, it's a weird, this is really good versus evil in a very, man, I don't know how many people out there aren't religious, but this is definitely some Satan shit going on right yeah. now. No, it is. I mean, it, it is good versus, and, and everything you see, we are at those times now where I hope if you don't know who your creator is, you do, because things just keep getting darker. I mean, they're, they're not looking up uh, by any stretch, and it's, it's, it's tragic. It's a fascinating time to be alive, but it's, it's tragic that this is where we are. Um, feather catcher, yeah, it's big in the U.S. and California. Um, it is, and, and, and other spots. It, it's, it's, it's not just there. It's, 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 it's a problem that's, that's big here. But let's, let's, let's move on from this, explore that. We will talk more about it. I hope the movie continues to, to do well shatter ceilings and just well and last point i'll say one last point on because we talked about this a little bit earlier off camera i'm so proud of the people who made this he brought up some of the investors because the only way to get this kind of message out when everyone's against you getting it out is to do it yourself so i hope as conservatives that we play the game different i hope as christians we play the game different still with love and grace in there but if if we want to do things right and bring awareness to things, you just got to do it yourself. You can't lean on the people who support this stuff to then put a message out that's damning to them, because because it is. It calls them out for who they are, either because they're involved or because they they don't want you talking about it or they or they don't want anyone talking about it. Okay, let's go back to where we began. Kind of, I guess we began with Kamala, but then we quickly moved into the summit that happened in Iowa and talked about Tucker Carlson. And let's do that now some more because there's reports that he allegedly is starting a new media company. And this has changed even today as we've been looking a little bit into it. And we knew when he left Fox, was fired by Fox, obviously tons of, of legal battles going on with that. That's going to continue for quite some time, I imagine. But we knew he was going to start a show. Now there's, there's the discussion that he might start a media company him and allegedly former White House advisor Neil Patel are looking to raise funds to start said media company. Could potentially be anchored on Twitter. That's been one of the conversations that's been out there. They're looking to raise hundreds of millions of dollars to fund the company. And there was another um, Public Square, right? Yeah. Public, Public Square. Square. Did, he, did he in fact sign with Public Square? That that's what the the headline that I read said, but I didn't read any other details on what the deal was, how much it was for, and everything that's included with it. Okay, well, the bottom line is whether it's Public Square, Twitter, a combination of both, somewhere else, there's reports and people working behind the scenes, Tucker included, to get some sort of new media enterprise out there, and I think this would be amazing. I think the bottom line, skip ahead, doesn't matter where it ends up. Obviously, some places would be better than than others. But more information, more news outlets are all fantastic for the American people. Because in this case, whatever he starts, wherever he starts it, the assholes in New York aren't in control of it. D.C., New York, they don't control what he does, which is why even his little Twitter shorts, 10-minute <laughs> discussions on Twitter, they blow all of what Fox, C I mean, you can literally take Fox, CNN, MSNBC, all of them, mash them together with their numbers, and Twitter's little, Tucker's little 10-minute Twitter clip crushes them so this is fascinating to see 
I, I'm rooting for him. And you could be out there and you could say, well, he's not my guy. I don't think there's many anti-Tucker Carlson folks out there. But you could say that. You could find one. You, you could go. Tom went and did some 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 interviews on, on the beach this week. We'll show you clips of that later. There's people who don't want to talk. There's people who don't like things that we like. Get it? So you, you could find someone who doesn't like him. But the end result should still be you want variety and you want actual truth, actual news, not not controlled conversation, not controlled dialogue, not someone that something an anchor is saying that his boss has said that he or she will say. So this would be the net outcome would be fantastic. Mark my words, if he does start something, my prediction is that Jesse Kelly ends up there, too, uh, because because they've become good buds. Jesse's a, a catch and a steal for anyone. Uh, I, I, I predict that will happen. And I, I want something in return if it does. I don't know what yet. But <laughs> but this would be all that to say, this would be great. I think that this would be a great thing for the American public for news and awareness writ large. Absolutely. Competition is always good, no matter what endeavor that, that you're involved with, especially for information, because we're at the point right now where the legacy media has a lock on the information control. They uh, broadcast wise and their lock is propaganda for the left. So there has to be a parallel universe, a parallel market that the rest of us who don't ascribe to the propagandist left and all their talking points and all their, their belief system of having this caste system and ushering in communism into the United States. We need a place where we can go, and right. it's been attempted in the past, and a lot of times it, it just sort of limps along because, like most conservatives, we don't want to get mired into the minutia of politics. We want to live our lives. But on the left, your life is intertwined with the party. Once you become a member of the party, of the Democrat Party, that is now your identity. Yeah, And so you're focused day in, hour after hour, on how, how to grow the party, how to expand the party, the, the greatness of the party, whereas the rest of us just kind of— and then that, that's when we lost control of things, like the media, and holding journalists accountable, and, and, and demanding that they not be advocates, but actual journalists. So now we're at a point where it's like, all right, like, like we talk about the balkanization of the country, it's the balkanization of news now. Right. You guys in the corporate media have blown your chance with the rest of us. You're all a bunch of liars. You're all in the tank for the left in this globalist movement. Now we're going elsewhere, and we're going to share the information that we have with people who want to see our message because we know that we outnumber you. Yeah. And it's through censorship and force of how you're going to try and suppress everybody. Well, you're right. I think that balkanization is happening there needs to happen there and what here's my question my question on it is is how does that look you've got different voices you got different podcasters out there you've got different networks out there you know whether you're talking blaze daily wire obviously us here rvm network uh, real america's voice this that. you have some some things that push back against the mainstream narrative for sure but if you're in tuck if you're starting something new you're in tucker's shoes you've got money and he'll have bigger money come in behind it too. It doesn't have to be Tucker's money. In fact, if, if he's, if, if, you know, I, who knows how he does it, but you had Crowder go do mug club, but not just mug club on his own, but he brought in some other, some other hosts. 
I'm not slamming Crowder. I think it was kind of a wonky way to do it, in my opinion. I think there's different ways that could have been done, but whatever. I mean, to each his own. Do you think, though, that he does it kind of in that vein where it's Tucker, maybe add some other talent underneath? Or do you think he tries to make something that takes OAN or Real America's voice and and goes well above them and tries to be more of a Fox News type? I mean, that's a big enterprise to yeah. do that. Yeah, it is. But then again, uh, Dan Abrams pulled it off with was News, it Nation. News, News yeah. Nation. Yeah, so I, I see it totally within the realm of possibility. But once again, you get a lot of really wealthy conservatives who want to invest their money in something but at the end of the day a lot of times that killer instinct just isn't there it, it, it's it's like all right we want you to do this but you know I, i've got this amount of money and i know you're asking for 10 million but i only uh, i only feel comfortable with five and it's like okay well it's the five and it just it you know we'll take the five million and it just kind of limps along there isn't that knockout punch that's delivered that a news organization will be a direct threat to a Fox News or an MSNBC or an ABC or CBS. Yeah. So until that happens, it's going to be very tough for anybody in the conservative news media space to make a huge impact unless the financing is there. Yeah. Well, and, and if it, yeah, I, mean, it, I hope that someone, and maybe he, hopefully he does, but I hope that someone has the right game plan. Because if you have the right game plan and the money, you can crush it. There is such a big need on the network level. There's a big need where we are. We're, we're, our, what RVM Network is doing, what this show is trying to do, and all the other shows on it is, is change the game and change our realm of media. And who knows where the Lord takes it down the road. But, but on, on mainstream media, like you, someone, if they had money, I, I wish, I know the guys there. And if they're listening right now, I like you guys at OAN. But if they would have capitalized, used resources differently, man, back going back to 2016 and beyond, 2016 to 2020, let's call it that window, Trump's term, you could have slayed it. But for some reason, they didn't. And, and they still have some good stuff, but they, but they, they could have slayed it. Uh, we probably won't get a, a job there again. But, <clears throat> but anyways, we'll, we'll see where it goes. We're, we're going to toss it to a quick break here, and then we're going to dive into our third and final hour. How are you feeling, Tom? How's your voice feeling? Oh, I'm feeling great. Right as rain. Right as rain. Ready to go another three hours. Ma <laughs> Slow down there. Um, maiden voyage in the three-hour journey here. It has been fun. I'm excited. we got the last hour coming up. We're going to recap a couple stories in case you weren't here for the first hour with Kamala and Joe Biden, both doing some interesting things. We're going to show you something else kind of crazy, something we're going to depart from news for a little bit, for at least one story in this third hour and I'll tell you what it is. I'm going to see if you guys all know what it is. We're going to we're going to learn about something together or you're going to laugh at me and be like, how did you not know about that? Whatever. You'll explain. Or I'll explain. And we'll, you'll see. And then Joe Rogan slammed our Ukraine policy, which I think everyone in this audience is going to agree with, because I think he was pretty spot on. Then, of course, we've got the post show press conference that will wrap up our time together today. That's all coming up after a quick break. Hello, I'm Mike Lindell, and I'm here to tell you about my new product from MyPillow, towels that actually work. Watch this absorbency test. Here's another towel that we randomly went out and bought. Here's one of my towels with a nice design. I don't know if you can see this, but you could line a swimming pool with this. 
I mean, this is crazy. Get rid of it. Towels that actually work. What a concept. I really love the towels. They're really great. They're super absorbent. I'm interrupting this commercial to let you know we're having the biggest clearance sale ever. Get our six-piece towel sets for only $29.88 with your promo code. My towel sets are made with proprietary technology and include two bath towels, two hand towels, and two washcloths. So go to MyPillow.com or call the number on your screen. Use your promo code to get our six-piece towel sets. Originally $99.98, then on sale for $49.98. Now we're closing them out for only $29.88 while supplies last. Once they're gone, they're gone, so please order now. Biden and his cronies have lost over $3 trillion of America's retirement savings in 2022 alone. With inflation running rampant and the stock market crashing, do you have a plan to protect your wealth? Our friends at American Alternative Assets help you protect your retirement savings by rolling over your IRA or 401k into a gold IRA. Fact is, you can hold physical gold and silver in your retirement account while maintaining its tax-deferred status. Visit protectfrombiden.com today to get your free wealth protection guide this guide will give you all the answers you need american alternative assets is an a-plus and accredited member of the better business bureau protect your savings now before it's too late visit protectfrombiden.com individual results may vary there is no guarantee that past performance will be indicative of future results of freedom we have you covered with this 2024 edition trump for president coin show your support with this limited edition coin normally 29.99 but for a limited time you can get yours for just 19.99 plus free shipping this is a great collector's coin for fans of president trump and those that want to show their support for our great president each coin is made in the usa is an authentic us jfk half dollar and showcased in an acrylic coin capsule Collectibles like this only increase in value, often to hundreds of dollars per coin. So get yours now for $19.99 plus free shipping at TrumpCoinSavings.com. Again, that's TrumpCoinSavings.com to secure this limited offer. Get more of Drew and This Is My Show with Coin Club exclusively on the RVM Network. Coin Club members get a This Is My Show Challenge coin, an exclusive Friday morning show for Coin Club members only, automatic entry into show-related sweepstakes, and other in-studio bonuses. Plus, members get access to all other premium content on the RVM network and no ads on written content on redvoicemedia.com. So join the club and carry your coin with pride. Go to dbcoinclub.com. 
Military and first responders get 30% off their memberships. Again, that's dbcoinclub.com. Current Drew Crew members need not apply. Military and first responder discounts are available on monthly or annual memberships. All members, regardless of subscription type, are automatically entered into sweepstakes. However, challenge coins are only issued to annual members. Learn more at dbcoinclub.com. to TCW. This is my show, Championship Wrestling, and I'm your host, Trucky McGee. Joining me now is the current world's heavyweight champion of the world, none other than Bjorn the Sickle Throckmorton. Welcome to Trucky's Corner, Bjorn. What's up, Trucky? How are you feeling before tonight's match? against Rico Raymond. You know, I feel pretty damn good because every time I seem to meet little flyboy Rico Raymond in the ring, I beat the living piss out of that Broadway cowboy, which is how I became your world heavyweight champion. But two weeks ago, Bjorn, there there was a, a non-title match. Let me it, tell you something, Trucky. Two weeks ago was a load of you-know-what. You had the ref get knocked to the ground. You had his little slut, Karmika, pull a fast one on me, and he put me in that lame-ass hold, whatever it was, and things didn't go the way. No, they didn't go the way that I wanted to. But I can tell you what. I've still retained this title. Every time we've met in that squared circle in a fair match, Look who's been the victor. And look who will be the victor again tonight. Well, there you go. Some tough talk from the world heavyweight champion. That match coming right up. I mean, yeah, we do some weird shit around here. <laughs> so, so we do. So we have some fun. <laughs> but... We, we also talk about some serious stuff and we've 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 uh, we've covered a lot of ground in the first two hours today some of you are here for the first time and you're just getting here you're like you've already done two hours yeah this, that, we do three hours now because we're crazy uh, but we've covered a lot and we're going to recap a couple stories but remember Joe Biden not remember you can remember or just know as we all do that he is a creepy Baby sniffing, mama sniffing, daughter showering man who now also has added to his repertoire nibbling on young children. Take a look. I love how hard, by the way, Disco, can you pull that back? How hard the, the baby pulls away when he goes in for the kiss at the end. Like, didn't like that. Like, given that face, like, bro, what are you doing? And then he goes for the kiss. And Oh, I'm watching it on preview. You guys aren't. You guys are looking at me. Then he, go, then he goes for the kiss. Like, ah. no! 
No, meanwhile, Mama's loving it. Yeah. She she loves kid being creeped on. Little but ladies. which again, you said it at the beginning of the show. I understand you do those types of things to your grandchildren, to your own children. You don't, and then there he is just sniffing. You don't just go up and sniff and smell slash bite, which he didn't get a bite in. But you don't you don't do that to someone else's kids. Nor should you really have that desire. I don't really get that. And as I've gotten older too, I care less about I mean, I love children, don't get me wrong, I love kids and dogs, but I care about my children and my dogs. I say dogs, I have a dog. <laughs> my wife's like, wait a minute, you <laughs> what? But and and my brother's children and but like he he's got a problem. There's a difference between loving children, wanting to be around children, seeing them as as our nation's future and these cute, adorable, you know, little creatures, and needing to smell every one of them. There, there, there's we we've we we there's a big gap in between. Did you see the Secret Service guy? The one Look, with the he, lips he, right here. Yeah, yeah, he's no like he only gets so I can scroll again. Look, so he he looks over and he's like, "What is going on?" <laughs> like right there, he's like, "Wait a second. <laughs> he's, he's even surprised as to yeah. what just happened. <laughs> Keep the sir, stop doing it. Oh, it's too late. He's doing it. Yeah, that's. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, again, it can't be easy to be an aide for Joe Biden, to be a Secret Service agent for Joe Biden, or to be Joe Biden. It can't be easy. Yeah, Joe Biden is the Michael Jackson of the political class. You know it's not right to to give a kid Jesus juice, red wine, and Coca-Cola. You know it's not right. To uh, hold on. It's, can we just pause? Can we just, <laughs> can we just take a pause? Is that what that is? Red wine and Coca-Cola? Yeah, that's what Michael Jackson would refer to as Jesus juice. I, did, I somehow missed that during his <laughs> yeah. his his— Okay. That was in the documentary that that one uh, British guy did. I can't remember his name, but then he went on to work at ABC. But yeah, that was all part of that documentary that he did. Jesus. Okay. And so, <laughs> yes, we all know that it's wrong. Michael Jackson couldn't help himself. He, he was compulsive about it. Right. Whether he molested children or what, a lot of people claim that he did. Others claim that he didn't. I don't know. But I do know that his actions were very inappropriate, just as the inappropriateness of Joe Biden's actions. And, you know, I'm not one who's like a total prude, but I've got limitations. And kids are my limitation right. when it comes to people being weird. You don't do that with kids, especially when they're not yours. That's, and that's the huge distinction. Again, uh, your children like oh it's so cute let me smell them let me do this let me, let me let me make the 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 you know biting motions and do all the weird stuff like that we've all done weird stuff and then you're like what did i just do like that doesn't even make sense but it's your kid there's a that's a massive distinction though that is some other random ass person's kid i don't know who that woman was but she's random ass to me it's not yours joe not yours and and moreover even if that's how you feel, even if he's really, he's not, but even if, if you're trying to play sleepy old Joe, I'm just this old guy from Scranton, just an old granddad who's had black kids rub my legs at the pool and done all these other things. I grew up this and I grew up that, no, none of which are true. But if you're trying to portray that and everyone picks on you for that all the time, you would think you'd pull that out of your repertoire. 
you'd think you'd say, okay, I'm not going to do the sniffing or the groping anymore. I'm going to pull it out. Uh, unless he can't. It's, it seems like his fetish has gotten to the point where it's now a compulsion, where he can, just can't help himself. Yeah. No, I know. I agree. It, I think it is. Just like his stories. He, he, you would think, stop telling those stories. They're not real, Joe. You haven't ridden on Amtrak that much. You weren't a truck driver. You you didn't you grow didn't up in a black to, church. You didn't go to prison with Nelson Mandela in South Africa. Yes, exactly. <laughs> but but he can't help it. He tells all the same stories over and over because one, he's just in cognitive decline. He doesn't know what he's doing. But two, because of both those things, because he's told him so much and because he's in cognitive decline, he thinks they're real. He believes everything he says to be real. Before, I think there was more you know, deception to it. I'm playing a game. I'm a nasty, corrupt politician with a family, you know, a slut wife and some awful children, all these things. Now it's, now he's just, he just straight up believes it. Oh yeah. I mean, it's, that's just who he is. Like he, he was, he, like the story he told and expected all of us to believe that when he was a little kid, so we're talking sometime in the 1950s, that he went he and his dad witnessed two guys kissing in public <laughs> i mean come on yeah that is that is the biggest tall tale ever that never happened that was clearly a lie that would have never happened back in the 1950s do we write like children's stories like animated children's stories that are the tall tales of joe biden it would be classic i think you're onto something i think we are too i think if nothing else we do it as some skits and some stuff for the show clearly we like playing dress up and doing weird stuff on the show okay we're gonna we're gonna if you're an (laughs) illustrator out there we need to talk we'll we'll take care of all the copy don't you worry about that we just need the illustrator uh so something else we covered earlier on the show is we we always tell you you have to listen to what these people are saying these people meaning Democrats, i.e., you know, American communists and their friends, the globalists in the World Economic Forum, the United Nations, the World Health Organization, all these people who have told us forever in their own words what what they want to do and what their goals are, none of which, again, are good for for us, the American population or the population on the planet writ large. Kamala came out and once again, now Kamala is a different one because she's dumb as a pile of, of rocks, but she came out and said the quiet part out loud in this snippet while talking about climate change. Take a listen here. When we invest in clean energy and electric vehicles and reduce population, more of our children can breathe clean air and drink clean water. Uh-huh. <laughs> there it is. When we reduce the population, invest in clean energy, electric vehicles, by the way, clean energy, electric vehicles, all just a ruse to give them more control You know what else gives them more control? Less people on the planet. Why? Because there's less resources that are being divvied up among the masses. As we talked about earlier, this whole thing, this whole climate change discussion is such a load of shit. It's it's remarkable. It's all about power and control. Now, are there some changes happening? Yes, they're called seasons. There's four of them. But what they're saying, what they're leaning on, and what they're hoping... Will, will capture and tug on one of those emotional heartstrings of yours is that your children and your children's children future could be in jeopardy if we don't act and if we don't act right now. That same tall tale has been told for a long, long time. Nothing has changed. What they're really hoping is, is we can eventually 
bring about radical policy changes that would fundamentally shift and shape how our population across the planet looks so you guys at the bottom get nothing. We'll tell you when you get something, you'll thank us because that's the way the new system's gonna work. You'll, you'll have nothing and be happy. And when we give you something, you'll be thankful. But we, the so-called global elite, will have everything we need. And they'll be, it'll be more abundant because we won't be sharing it with you mouth breathers at the bottom. That's, that's what this is all about. That's the total goal. Another one, another person who has been sounding this same sort of philosophy, espousing the same philosophy that Kamala is talking about is George Bernard Shaw. There, there's footage of him saying that there's people who need to die <laughs> in order for the rest of us, his, the rest of us, meaning his friends, to live. Yeah, that's the mentality that we've seen for hundreds, if not thousands of years. There's always a group of people at the top who believe that there are some lives that aren't worth living. And those people are just sucking away at the resources that the ones at the top should have. Yeah, no, absolutely. No, you're right. And and I just have been told that that Disco has some more information on Jesus juice. <laughs> yes, I did my deep dive into Jesus juice. Uh, according to to Gavin Arvizo, he on the stand he said that they he, Michael would uh, fill Sprite cans with various alcohols and have underage house guests drink it, and that Michael he quoted him saying this: "You know how Jesus drank wine? Well, we drink. We call it Jesus juice." So. <laughs> That's, uh... So it wasn't really red wine and Coca-Cola. Was... <laughs> Just anything you really wanted to give yeah. children that was inappropriate for children. He gave them a lot more than than liquor. Um, could tell you that much. Don't go to the Netherland Ranch or whatever it was called. Just, I mean, you can't now, but you shouldn't have back then. Uh, okay, so we got plenty to get to. We're gonna. I told you we're gonna take. A, a slight departure from politics. Then we're going to go back to it. Then we're going to do the post-show presser. But on the other side of this break, we're, I never personally knew about this fish. I feel like I've heard the name before, but I never connected all the dots. I never knew about this fish. And you're like, great, we're going to talk about fish. Yes, we are going to talk about fish. Uh, just because I found this fascinating, and I'm sure Tom will have some amazing references <laughs> or random-ass thoughts on it, too. So we're going we're gonna to tell you what these, these, these divers encountered on the other side of this break. We interrupt today's programming to bring unfortunate news. Biden's dangerous plan for a digital dollar is underway. Don't be fooled. It won't benefit you. So take action now. The Federal Reserve's phased deployment of FedNow began on July 1st, 2023. Be prepared. This may catch many off guard and put your hard-earned assets in jeopardy. But here's the good news. There's a simple legal tax loophole to opt out of the digital dollar. Speak to someone at American Alternative Assets for a free wealth protection guide and discover how to safeguard your wealth with gold and silver IRAs against a failing dollar and volatile markets. Dial 833, the number 2 USA Gold. Yes, call now, 833-287-2465. 
This invaluable guide provides precise steps to transfer your IRA or 401k into precious metals without any tax consequences. Don't let Biden force you into using the government's new digital dollar. Call 833, the number two USA Gold. Yes, call now. 833-287-2465. Act swiftly. 833-287-2465. to our marine biology section of the show. Uh, I, I just look, I just want to discuss something different here for just a quick, quick second. Because I'm always fascinated. This is the kind of study when you see stories like this, this is where you know, like, uh oh, Drew is scrolling on his phone late at night in bed. Yes, guilty. This is the kind of stuff that like just pops up. I'm like, I'm going to share this with everyone. But it's kind of fun to depart from the news and from politics, dive into something, in this case, dive, pun intended, I guess. And and this story here fits into that category because you had these divers off of Taiwan, which, by the way, when you come up from underneath the water, get your shit and get out of there because something's <laughs> going to happen soon in Taiwan. But they were mesmerized, this according to this article I read, mesmerized after encountering a giant oarfish, which, quick, quick pause without showing the video or the pictures, Disco, who is familiar with an oarfish prior to me just saying oarfish? Were you? No. Have you seen an oarfish? I have not seen an oarfish. Okay. Well, these guys are very fascinating. By the way, rumored to, to seeing them is, is rumored to be a sign of impending earthquake. So also look out not just for China oh, <laughs> invading <laughs> Taiwan, but also for earthquakes. But um, they, they saw this creature that had mysterious holes in its body, which you can see in the video we're going to show in a second. And it was it was taken off the coast of I don't know how you say the name. Just taken off the coast of Taiwan. OK, and they're looking at this massive fish. And one of them even goes so far as touching it. Let's just look at the, look at this creature. There, there's no there's no audio. In okay, this, that's fine. Just that. look at this creature. Yeah. And first of all, have you have you have you seen an oarfish? Are you going to put the picture up? There it is. That's an oarfish, which has this delicious Weird. little glow. Very like metallic, like a mirror almost. It's real metallic. Can we just get a still up of it? We don't need the metallic part. But I mean, look at that thing. First of all, those are some big ass eyes. Right. Those those are some some big eyes. But when you're diving, I, first of all, I I'm not a diver. I have I have 
dove before, but I'm not a diver. I don't do this kind of stuff all the time because I don't want to get eaten by sharks. And some of you say, they don't attack you. Shut up. They do, too. They do, too. You're lying to yourself to feel better about yourself. But you never know what you're going to encounter down there. And they stumble upon this oarfish. These things can, I don't know how long that one was. Not, not as long as they can get, but this, this, these things can reach up to 36 feet in length. So imagine, I don't, again, I don't know how long that one is, but imagine a 36 version foot version of that. Although it's pretty damn, it's pretty long. Yeah. That thing is crazy looking. Isn't it? That's gotta be at least 15 feet. Yeah, I think so too. I mean, is that its, its normal disposition in the water to be vertical like that? Because most fish swim sort of horizontal. Is that? I don't know. I literally just learned about an oarfish last <laughs> night. Yeah, it's weird. I am totally into cryptozoology, and this would definitely be one of those creatures that you would find in like the you know encyclopedia, uh, the cryptozoology encyclopedia, but it's not in there. <laughs> and I'm sure there are other creatures in the sea that we've never seen before. And so when people talk to me, what's really weird, it, well, it's not really weird, but it's all this talk about space exploration and seeing what's out in the universe, which is great because I'm all for exploration. But right underneath of us, 70% of the planet is made up of water. And there's a reason why people are shit scared to go down deep and see what's down there. <laughs> 100%. Well, you, well, first of all, you see stuff like this. You see some of the, the glowing stuff. You see a Jason Statham movie. You see, you know, uh, which I guess he's only been in one Marine movie that I can think of. <laughs> but, you, but you see the stuff that every once in a while they see. Uh, 5%, 5% of the Earth waters have been explored. Yeah. <laughs> that, think, I mean, that is a staggering figure. And yet... You've got these, you've got these people out there, who 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 so dogmatically will say that doesn't exist anymore, or there's never been anything like that, or we've not seen that. Well, you haven't seen shit. That's why you've seen five percent, <laughs> motherfucker. Like you haven't seen like you haven't seen that. That's not even like a blip on the radar. Yeah. So and then you see stuff like this, and it is just fascinating. It's fascinating to see some of the creatures. That got us made, but it's also terrifying to know what's down there. People are like, I want to explore this this trench or that trench. I'm like, I don't. <laughs> I, don't I don't want any. I, I survived nearly 40 deployments in a, in a war zone. I'm just going to go ahead and sit out the rest of, of the adventures out there. I'm good. I'm good. I don't need to see what's down there. And then you've got stuff like this. I know this is, uh, again, not news adjacent for those of you joining the first time. We don't normally do marine biology uh, segments, but... <laughs> But you've got folks who are like, oh, I promise the Megalodon's dead. Well, it probably is, right? It was it was the biggest creature back in the day. We haven't seen it since. But again, you've explored five percent of the Earth's waters. <laughs> How do you know? How, you don't you don't know anything. I'm more qual. I'm me and George Costanza are more qualified marine biologists at this point in time. That's one on shore. Ah, looks yeah, like that's it. one found. It's one found on shore. Apparently, when you see an oarfish, let me pull pull it up in this position swimming, it is looking for prey and it eats plankton, squids, crustaceans, stuff like that. And then I just found another image. I thought, <laughs> I mean, that's like it looks like dead. a dragon. <laughs> looks like a dragon or something. Yeah. It's crazy. Uh, well, apparently they don't. I don't think they have teeth, or at least not sharp teeth. I was reading about them this morning. 
again, because that's what you do on Monday mornings. You read about oarfish, but... Well, like octopus. We have determined that octopus possess a DNA. Part of their DNA is not of earthly origin. And so instead of investigating that, what do we do? We eat it. (laughs) (laughs) You know? Just go after it. Yeah, yeah, I suppose there's DNA in here. It could be from another planet or whatever. But you know what? Let's let's saute it and, and swallow it. And if if that's the octopus that we know about, what other creatures are down at the bottom of the ocean that also possess DNA not from this universe? Yeah. No, I, I, I'm I'm fascinated by all of it. I just don't want to go down there and and <laughs> find out firsthand. I, just we're gonna get you. We're gonna we're gonna get you a ticket to a submarine, not not the uh, Ocean, Ocean Gate, Gate but yeah. another yeah. Ocean Gate two. <laughs> The sequel. Five people go down and we're probably, let's build our own submersible. Uh, so you know what? Side point. Okay, let's go on another tangent here, and then we're going to get back to some 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 functional news. But I'm watching something last night, and it was on Netflix, and I think it was on Netflix, and it was some like sub murder mystery documentary. Have you seen that? Have you seen the like the advertising? Have you no? Okay, uh, but it's like. I forget what it's called, but it's something like about a submarine murder mystery. This guy builds a sub. Right. And it's in uh, Denmark, I believe. I think it was in Copenhagen. and Copenhagen. Copenhagen. Hagen Schrievenbogen. But they, they, this journalist. Into the deep. Into the deep. Into the deep. This, this yeah. journalist goes with him, and I just started it, so don't spoil this shit for me, okay, in the audience. Uh, I love you all. But um, I started it, and then I got tired, and I fell asleep. But he takes her. And then the thing goes missing. This this is in the previews. The thing goes missing, and then and then it's found, but she's not found. So there's like this murder mystery. And that's as far as I got. And again, that's all stuff that's in the preview. But my my, the, my question is, is who really wants to get into building, fabricating, building your own sub, and then testing it in the open seas where there's pressure? There's there's only five percent discovered and studied and understood like i just I, that I, that's not my thing and i'm an adventurer i love it there's certain things where i'm an adrenaline junkie i want all of it i'm not a, I, literally i'm i'm never been fully happy since i got back i love my family i love my my wife and children i've never been fully happy since i got back from war because i can't ever reach that high but I don't want to reach it building a sub that I'm not certain is going to work and then plunging into the deep. I don't so, so no subs, no snakes. No subs, no snakes. If you put me in a sub with snakes, I will haunt you. Maybe that will get you to the high that you miss. And you'll be like, okay, I'm done. <laughs> I think it's a different high. I think, I think that's a different high. Um, I don't know, though. That sounds, that sounds pretty awful to me. Uh, okay. We're going to take our... Our final break, our final break, we're going to talk Joe Rogan, who shared just, I thought, pretty wise counsel and some wise commentary about how the United States is spending your hard-earned money, our taxpayer dollars on Ukraine and not cities like Detroit and Baltimore or a litany of other issues. He didn't, he didn't necessarily go into all of that, but we're going to. We're going to talk about it right after the break. Looks like you've been sleeping well. Megan, 
He's back. The My Pillow guy. And you're looking good. He's still feeling good. Well, just when you thought it couldn't get any better, we've got the best pillow ever, My Pillow 2.0. When I invented My Pillow, it had everything you'd ever want in a pillow. Well, now there's new technology that makes it even better. My Pillow 2.0 has my patented fill combined with a cooling fabric with temperature regulating thread. My Pillow 2.0 is truly the next generation of My Pillow. The best sleep just got even better. Whether you have a MyPillow or not, you need to get the brand new MyPillow 2.0. Call or go to MyPillow.com now. Use your promo code, and for a limited time, when you buy one, you'll get a second one absolutely free. You're sleeping even better. And cooler, too. And you're looking good. Feeling good. I knew you would. Visit MyPillow.com. Folks, welcome back. I, I'm uh, I'm trying to read some of the comments here. There's been great engagement all day. Keep that engagement up. Hit that like button, whichever platform you guys are on. Captain Rock says, how about an underwater drone? I'll fly an underwater drone. I'm fascinated by that. I just don't want to be in a manned or unmanned vehicle going to the deep. I've seen the abyss. Crazy <laughs> shit happens down there. I love being underwater. I do too, but that kind of water yeah i mean 90 feet is is the distance that i go when it comes to scuba diving okay. I, I enjoy scuba diving and i like being down there for me the visibility just gets less and less and less so if i was in a submersible or a sub going down to tremendous depths it depends on the situation tremendous <laughs> yeah. if it was if it was a to me a worthwhile endeavor to pot, potentially put my life at risk I, I would weigh the pros and cons of it because I'm really, I, I enjoy exploration. I enjoy doing things and seeing things for the first time. And to me, that, that would just be another, another, another adventure to go on that I would enjoy just because I would learn something from the experience. Yeah. No, fair point. Here's the thing. And, and 90 feet different than Three, four, you know, multiple miles. Three leagues. Yeah, I, I think this thing is very, just move the Titanic up to us. I don't know. I mean, we're doing this all the wrong way. Pick that shit up. Bring it to a nice, clear-watered coral reef. Don't disturb the reef. Just put it near it. That's that's how Lloyd Bridges would do it in Hot Shots. Um, Jay Wink said it would be nice to be around brothers you can trust with your life again. I, I had trouble reading what you were saying before. That was on me. But, um, yeah, no, absolutely. No, it's it's um, it's ridiculous. Drew Zelensky's buying shit all over the world with our tax money. It sucks. Yes, he is. He's going he's gonna to end up okay. He might get screwed by our government in the end, but financially he'll end up okay. Let's get into this Ukrainian stuff because 
Rogan had something to say about how we're spending money in Ukraine and how, as a result of spending money in Ukraine, we're not spending it in cities like Baltimore or Detroit. Take a listen. Look, if they can dump billions of dollars into Ukraine, <laughs> fucking aim. if they could dump billions of dollars into, I mean, there's so many different things that they, they pump money into, but they've never pumped any money into Baltimore. They never pumped any money into Detroit. Like, sure. try to figure out a way. Like, if you can, like, think about, like, what Halliburton did during the Iraq war. They got these no-bid contracts where Cheney was the fucking CEO of Halliburton. He becomes the vice president of the United States, and then the company he works for gets these no-bid contracts Lucky. to rebuild shit we blow up, <laughs> which is wild. But there's profit in that, right? 100%. So what about figuring out a way to funnel that profit into fixing inner cities? Yeah. If we have less losers, we have a better America. Yeah. And if you give people more opportunity, you have less losers. Okay. So— Seems pretty wise to me. He's talking about taking profits there as opposed to necessarily spending. But I think the, the the sense is we're spending all this money there. If you're going to make profit, spend it here. Or, 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 or just don't spend the money there. Spend it here, which is a very simple, pragmatic way of understanding the problems that we face. It's not just on on this issue of Ukraine and taxpayer dollars. It's it's everything. And the problem is, is we've got this the so-called elite. We've got our... Our policymakers, our, our, our politicians who supposedly represent us, they don't. It's kind of a laughable thing to even say that there are elected representatives now. But they love to complicate, overcomplicate everything. All politicians need people to need them or else they're irrelevant. And I just, I, the, the way that this is all, I like to kind of make things super simple, right? Sometimes people will 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 say like what what do you, what do you guys talk about in the show like what's the show about I'm like well we just we just tackle news stories in a common sense realistic way and try and dumb things down and make them super simple because most of the things that we talk about most of the things that are going on in the world Ukraine stuff here at home it could be going back to COVID it could, could be anything the solutions are much simpler the way to look at them are much simpler than we all make them people get into all these arguments get spun up on all this stuff it's like yeah yeah but hold on you're on like point 32 like we could have stopped this conversation on point one let's <laughs> let's come back here and agree to agree or disagree to disagree either way at this point and then maybe there's a couple levels beyond it but like we like skip all these levels and go way down here and overcomplicate the shit out of this and create division and and play into what the left is trying to do in our country and sow division when we could have solved this early on. Anyways, all this to say, you you have this. You have this conversation. You have the money that's going over there. You have these people who he uses um, Cheney as the example, but you have people like him. He's just one of, of very, very many who profit off of the military-industrial complex. They profit after, uh, after these, these wars that are happening. And, and you see right now... You, what's happening in Ukraine? You see the the um, and not just money that's being spent, but the amount of money, gobs of money, being spent there, and you see what's going on here at home. You see people's bank accounts getting crushed. You see our economy in tatters. It's in such a horrible place. You see our national security in tatters. You see you see problems like we talked about with Paul Hutchinson earlier. Children being trafficked, not even being discussed. 
and it's disgusting. You see v veterans on the street, veterans who maybe aren't in the street but aren't getting the care that they need. You, the list could go on and on and on of the things that we should be doing to help right here at home. Instead, instead, we're doing it over there under the guise of good versus evil, when really it's just pure evil. It's our evil people who are, who are profiting off of this stuff, sending our hard-earned tax dollars over to other evil people. Meanwhile, left out of all of this, all of us. All of us and all of the real issues that we face at home. So he's 100% right on that. Our, <laughs> Captain Rock says the truth, and he's so right. Captain Rock says, our government would rather burn the money than spend it on the people. <laughs> Every freaking day, they would rather do that. And they do. They essentially do. They might as well. Yeah, you look at uh, school school administration all the time. The refrain that we get from everybody who are teachers, everybody, teachers need more money. Okay, but you never get a dollar amount of what that amount of money is. The dollar amount that we pay per student is astronomical for the return that we get on that investment. Government is the worst at managing money. So when money does get pumped into a school system, these giant monstrosity administration buildings get built first. Right. Getting down to the kids is the last thing on the menu of the spending. I, I was flabbergasted when both of my kids started in elementary school and we'd get notes home the our kids would bring home notes from their teacher at the beginning of the year saying we need crayons glue construction paper can you please you know pick these up and bring them in it's like where, where's my tax money going yeah. if i'm subsidizing the supplies that are needed having school supplies for kids should be something should be a line item in a budget for schools that should go back on the on, on on the parents, which I don't mind doing it, but it's like, well, where's the money going then? Yeah. And I know that sounds like nitpicking at, at, at the school system, but it's it shows you what government waste does, and that's a that's a great example of it. That is a great example, and you're absolutely right. Every fucking year, I, we're about to get the list now in probably a couple weeks because our youngest, who are still in public, our, our oldest are in homeschool because we care about them. But um, the youngest, we care about the youngest too, but they're just, you know, it's, the schools are better in this area. They send out this list that is massive. Here's all the things you can do to help, i.e., but it's also like you have to. You have to bring this stuff in. It's like, hold on, hold on. Why, why, why are we doing this? Because it is, it's it's a ton, and and it's also a pain in the ass because every parent is in the different aisles of, or, of well, it used to be Target, <laughs> not Target anymore, but Walmart, Target, wherever, fighting over the same thing. I need six red folders. <laughs> Fuck you, Janice. <laughs> That's my folder. And then all of a sudden, someone ends up. It's like, well, I I just I have a maroon folder now. Like I hope this cuts it. But you're spending all this money on on those supplies that should be paid for. Uh, it it is. It's. It's ridiculous. It's maddening to see where all of our dollars go, and it's just not going to change, which is the frustrating thing. Can I take take a real quick side? So one of my great deployment buddies, colleagues from overseas, is is texting me right now, and we're going to go back to the ore fish. And people are like, "Shit, we're going back to the damn fish," just for a second. But he said that there was there was an ore fish, twenty three footer, found during a buds class in ninety six. Buds, uh, you know, Navy SEAL training. Um, belly up in the surf zone they found it so we're just going to keep the oarfish 
conversation going on and and to buzz thanks for listening to the show uh that's my that's my brother nine months at home um glad glad you're home and and glad you're doing well um but we will we will catch up later but going back to rogan and he's talking about the politicians not wanting to do anything politicians play this game and you see this game in hollywood a lot hollywood always likes to talk like steven spielberg during jaws talked about after it was released well you know the uh not having the shark appear in the beginning of the film built the tension and it was all about the craft and the storytelling and it's like bullshit you're just telling the story the you're telling the story because it worked out the shark was broken you got lucky the shark was broken so you were able to build up that that tension during the filming of the movie and the, the the linear storytelling that went with the movie, you never saw the shark to the end of the movie when it made its appearance and got blown up at the end. Sorry for being a spoiler. If nobody <laughs> has seen Jaws in the last 45 years, but you hear that in Hollywood all the time. And as somebody who's worked in Hollywood, when you hear somebody go on and on, especially an actor about how they prepared for the role and this and that, and they had to get into character, Usually the most memorable scenes that you see in a film were ad-libbed because the actor probably stayed out too late the night before, was drunk, hungover, went off script, and nailed it, and it totally worked. Nothing that actors or directors say about the brilliance of what they've done, they have to create a story behind it. And it's usually the most simplest thing that happened was the reason why it worked out the way it did. It's the same thing with politicians. They have to tell everybody all these grandiose ideas and why something won't work. And we need people to study this and when they need to study that. And, you know, you just, you know, as the commoner, just don't know the proper steps, you know, in, in, in government that you have to go through. And all they're doing is just adding layers of confusion to make it look like they're doing something when in actuality they're not doing anything. <laughs> yeah. It's a great art. It is. No, all the all these people are super talented at what they do. They're sick as all get out, but they're super talented at what they do. And we just get lost in the sauce. We get totally screwed in the process. I love, I love, if, if that is a spoiler alert for you, if, if, if Jaws 1 is any form of spoiler, man, where have you been? Damn it! <laughs> Disco, see, I mean... Sorry, bro. Disco, are you coming back tomorrow, or are you just never coming back? We'll see how I feel. I, I still feel like garbage today. So, Disco, not in his, not in his seat. We don't even have his camera on. He's essentially. I know. To I us. felt that it was sad. Yeah. yeah. Thanks, no, well, Yeah, you know, we're shooting fake commercials without you. We're doing all sorts of stuff. Um, well, it's good to see see that the world goes on without me. The world so. goes on without. I mean, we've got Krista. I mean, we can always just put Krista in. <laughs> <laughs> No, we'll we'll be glad to have you back. We'll have it's you. lonesome here. It is. It's quiet. Now my outbursts feel like they're directed only at Tom, and that's awkward. Well, yeah. I, I usually take the brunt of those and just let, let let it absorb this way so that it doesn't go anywhere else. Yeah, exactly. You 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 do a brilliant job, a, a fascinating job. Um, okay, so let's just wrap a couple things up here before we go to the the post show press conference presented by Pol- uh, Colin Sport. The um, uh, how do you guys feel? First, first three hours. We've been two hours for a long time. We went to three hours today. I still have a voice. 
we weren't doing the, the regular cuss jar rules, so I've saved <laughs> the, the company some money. Um, although there is well over $300 in here that someone's going to win in a couple weeks. But um, I, I felt like it went pretty good. You feel... Yeah, it, it, it's a different race. You know, we went we went from uh, 10K to the full marathon. Yeah. So, or the half marathon to the full. Both analogies work. <laughs> Both analogies work. Lots yeah, of- it felt not rushed. Good. All right, so we're all on the same page. No one has hurt themselves yet. We don't encourage you hurting yourself unless you're a terrorist or you voted for Biden. Just kidding. No, we don't. We don't actually. The second one, we don't. Just terrorists. <laughs> Legal legal is up my ass just for saying that right now. I can feel them warming around down there. Uh, that's too much of a visual. Um, Drew, I thought that Jaws was a Cam Cam documentary. Okay, well played, Texas Panhill. Always coming out with some some good comments. It is. She loves putting stuff in her mouth. It's proven. I thought that was deep throat. That's that's also. <laughs> There's lots of stories about her. They just they use different names to throw people off the scent. <laughs> Um, okay, so tomorrow, regular time, three regular new time, 3 to 6 p.m. Eastern, we will be here. The show's not done, by the way. we got the, the, the press conference coming up here in a second. Make sure you've signed up for Coin Club. It's dbcoinclub.com. You get an extra show on Friday mornings at 11 a.m. Eastern. Those have been a blast. You get entered into all of the contests, this one or other ones. When Booze and Banter makes its triumphant return, you will have access to that. Annual members get the DB Challenge coin, which is right here. There's lots of them. It's, it's the This Is My Show and the Booze and Banter coin sent to you. And then military first responders, you guys get 30% off because we love you. We're so appreciative of what you do for this country. Either you did it or you're doing it now for this country. Either way. So go sign up, dbcoinclub.com. That's where you sign up. That's where you watch. And then we are going to head to the post-show press conference. After that, you're going to see RVM Roundup with Chad Kate, and We hope you stick around for that as well. And we'll look forward to seeing you tomorrow. Be safe, be smart, be free. And now, get ready for the This Is My Show post-show press conference. Sponsored by Colon Sports. The new frontier in electrolyte replacement and removal. Colon Sport, electrolyte replacement. In one end and out the other. It's new Colon Sport. All right. New format, kind of. I mean, same format, just extended three hours. Felt pretty good about it. Man, I tell you what, Tucker Carlson, all he did was ask the questions. Some of them, I wouldn't say, some people were saying they were hard questions. I don't think they were hard questions. I think they were just questions. And if you're a politician who hates America, then they're hard questions for you. But he sure destroyed most of the people there in Iowa at the summit that was put on by by my old friends at at, at Blaze. Um, Pence took it the worst. He's done. He's he was done before he started, but he's definitely done now. Tim Scott didn't do too well either. Asa Hutchinson. No one knew who you were before. No one knew who knows who you are now. No one cares about you, but awful performance. Nikki Haley, as we said during the show, yeah, didn't kill herself, but just played it safe. Tried to placate to the crowd while also saying nothing in the process. Big D and, and Vivek came out pretty strong with some, some, some pretty good performances. We'll see if that does anything for them or not. 
but uh, a lot of stuff, man. We covered a lot of stuff. Paul Hutchinson was the. We had a little trouble getting a hold of him because he was in Latin America. But the the one of the executive producers of the Sound of Freedom. It was great to have him on. I just still can't get. I I've been paying attention, not enough attention, admittedly, but but paying attention to what's happening with human trafficking, child trafficking in particular, as, as the father of four. Obviously, you know, we all care more about the children out there than anyone else. And But to, to, to hear some of the stats and just how much bigger it is than any of us even knew, it's staggering. So uh, it was great to have him on. It was great to, to bring awareness to that. Hopefully you guys enjoyed that conversation, and, and we'll have him back and and we're going to tear into that more because, man, it's it's really, really important. But with that, let's uh, let's take some questions. We'll start over here. Good afternoon, Drew. Benjamin Beam, Boston Pride Daily. Hey, Ben. Drew, so much to unpack here. First of all, my question has to do with this uh, conservative summit or whatever it was going on in Iowa. It was it was simply remarkable to watch. It's just unbelievable. All the questions that Tucker was giving these people and such the fails on so many Republicans' parts. Anywho, so I want to talk about the portion of of this convention or whatever it was, interviews, where Tucker was talking to Mike Pence. First of all, Tucker's tie was sensational. His khaki pants, though, I think they were a bit tight. It just seemed a little bit too tight. Skinny jeans are out, Tucker. Anywho, so Mike Pence really bugs me. He's always bugged me. And you know what bugs me the most about him? Take a guess. I, I, I don't nope. know. Nope. It's the fact that he looks like that white-haired man from Johnny Quest. You know, the white-haired man that ran around with the red shirt on yeah. and was always had that tan little savage in tow? I'm not sure what... That, there was a, that was some sort of weird relationship that was going on there. And I could probably delve into it a little bit more. That's but not, but uh, ergo, I need to ask you a question and be as succinct as possible. <laughs> and we can talk about cartoons later, and especially He-Man and Masters of the Universe. Oh, God, that was such a thrilling show when I was a young lad growing up as a latchkey kid, watching that show by myself while my parents were at work and seeing those massive masculine muscles ripple off you up. But I digress. So my question, Drew, is do you think there's been so much damage done to Mike Pence that he's going to pull out of the race sometime soon? Well, we have a firm no pullout policy at Red Beach Media. That's just something that we stand by. But I do. I think. I think he'll hang in there longer than um, than perhaps some pundits suggest that he will. Uh, but, but yeah, I think so. I think he was a non-starter from the get-go. As I said during the show, whether you agreed with him not backing the decertification or backing it, wherever you fell on that, that was an inflection point for Mike Pence. Because the conservative crowd is so raucous these days, and, and I say that in a good way, but the demands are so high that not meeting them, like on the left where you, you got to comply or bust, you got to you got to come along for the ride, uh, or, or or get out of the car. He, he 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 didn't do it, so I think he was dead in the water then. But then I think when he said talking about Ukraine, talking about how we need to send tanks there, and he was all passionate about that, which we don't. But 
talking about Ukraine and then and then the comparison with Mexico and then the and then the discussions with with some of the cities and how we've got our own issues here and how he said whether it was poorly said whether it was the wrong timing whatever the case might be he said it's not my concern and he is absolute toast also side point I loved he-man masters of the universe growing up I'm I'm a heterosexual male happily married four kids didn't look at it the same way that you apparently did nor did I do those those activities but um, I maintain to this day, I wish someone would make a live action film of that, just not make it something that's like erotica for, for you, Benjamin. Let's go over here. Thanks for calling on me, Drew. Yes. Sebastian J. Bombay. Yeah. The Big Apple News. We know. Drew, my question has to do with the vice president, Kamala Harris, and what she had to say about eliminating people. For the record, I think it's a very good plan to, to start eliminating people. Okay. Because I don't know about you, but whenever I go and get coffee, there's always a line. And I could really, really enjoy not waiting in line. And the people who are waiting in line for coffee, clogging up my quest for coffee they should be going somewhere else to get their coffee and I have no idea why they go to the same place that I do but for the record I just want to make sure that everybody knows that in a way I agree with Kamala the vice president about curtailing the growth of the population but it shouldn't be by mass genocide. My question to you is the vice president talking about some sort of genocide, either war, famine, pestilence, or disease. Thanks, Chief. Uh, I, st- <laughs> I still don't know what the question was there. Um if you're saying which one of those do you think it will be for population reduction? I don't know. I think that you're kind of looking at this wrong, too. Uh, I'm opposed to population reduction, at least for the reasons that, that these guys are talking about, which is ensuring that the resources are allocated to them and that they have control over the, the population, the, the, the masses of, of people around the planet who they don't deem to be in the same category them. We should all be opposed to that. By the way, you're in that category, too, Sebastian. But, but I think... Um, your look at reducing the population because of a coffee line, I think that's a whole, wow, brother, that's a whole nother set of problems, a whole nother um, set of issues that we just don't have time to get into here. Again, I, I encourage you to come back with a real question, not just whatever that was. Let's go over here. Hey, Drew, Karen Mule, Americans Against Truth. You spoke today about Joe Rogan, his comments about the Ukraine war, the money that's being spent by the United States on the war. And people are agreeing with him, thinking there's more that we could do here with those funds. But my question is, what would happen if we stopped spending money in Ukraine? There would be world war, and none of the discussions that you guys are having would matter. What's your take on that? My take is you're a—are you kidding me, Karen? What kind of—that is a that is a bullshit question if I've ever heard one. Spend, not spending money— in Ukraine's going to lead to World War III. You've got to be clinically insane. What we are doing 
there is is what is festering this possibility you know increasing this possibility of more war we've offered no off ramps to peace whatsoever I, i've been a, i've been a staunch opponent of it the whole time so i i think your logic is as twisted as it could get no one wants world war three no one wants a a massive incursion with with russia or anyone else for that matter this is not our fight look and if it was our fight i'd be the first to say giddy up bitch let's go but it's but it, it, i just don't see it as our fight i feel awful for the people of ukraine that we've involved them in this but i feel like politicians the military industrial complex in in america here the dc war machine they're pushing this further when there's opportunities for it to be done that's not defending putin that's not defending anyone he is a vile person he is our enemy but uh, we need to find ways to end this not perpetuate it and funding it is leading to bigger worse possibilities not funding it pumps the brakes and says you've hey, just maybe heard we've got drew burquist catch the show weekdays on every major social media platform and on drewburquist.com Biden and his cronies have lost over $3 trillion of America's retirement savings in 2022 alone. With inflation running rampant and the stock market crashing, do you have a plan to protect your wealth? Our friends at American Alternative Assets help you protect your retirement savings by rolling over your IRA or 401k into a gold IRA. Fact is, you can hold physical gold and silver in your retirement account while maintaining its tax-deferred status. Visit protectfrombiden.com today to get your free wealth protection guide. This guide will give you all the answers you need. American Alternative Assets is an A-plus and accredited member of the Better Business Bureau. Protect your savings now before it's too late. Visit protectfrombiden.com. Individual results may vary. There is no guarantee that past performance will be indicative of future results. of freedom we have you covered with this 2024 edition trump for president coin show your support with this limited edition coin normally 29.99 but for a limited time you can get yours for just 19.99 plus free shipping this is a great collector's coin for fans of president trump and those that want to show their support for our great president each coin is made in the usa is an authentic us jfk half dollar and showcased in an acrylic coin capsule Collectibles like this only increase in value, often to hundreds of dollars per coin. So get yours now for $19.99 plus free shipping at TrumpCoinSavings.com. Again, that's TrumpCoinSavings.com to secure this limited offer.